Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. Yes, I want to welcome you to the greatest show on earth, the Hard Luck Show. We are coming at you from the Mayfair Hotel in downtown LA today. A beautiful afternoon. On my right, my co-host is Chumahan Bowen. American Indian Southern Californian Elegant Barbarian <laughs> Here once again Looking for my fucking Theme song once again Yeah Sunrise getting braided up as my paint dries yeah. The blood falls from the red sky That's it, My right lady singing that war cry We'll break them up like mannequins Look in many eyes they panicking Draped up in a bear hide We ain't Indians we savages What? Let me check my status This battlefield is my canvas And it might not take yeah. us longer But that hand uh. is my anthem We go bang On the yeah. airwaves You know we coming when you feel the bass No deal with the devil No soul to sell we Man that's the jam right there That's that's what I'm talking about, man. I swear to God, every time I hear that, I want to go fucking. I want to go postal. I want yeah, to go, go scalp some of them. I want to fucking tear down all this fucking bullshit that we got around here. Man, let me tell you, old blue eyes. It's the third week gone, old blue eyes. Old blue eyes is shedding tears somewhere up north because his woman went to India, mm-hmm. and as a result, he can't be here. Yeah. We got to fucking fix that shit. Yeah, man. So, you know, we got Chumahan, man. He's co-hosting and handling the soundboard today. So, uh, thank you, Chumahan, for stepping it up. Well, you know what? It's the least I can do when we have the special guest that we have coming in right now. Who is this guy? Straight G status right here, bro. What? When we talk about the art world, and we are in the art hotel, the Mayfair, we talk about L.A. artists. We talk about G status right here. Dudes that have been in the game for 30 years or more. We have a guest today that is part of the start of the movement, the graffiti movement in Los Angeles. He's done nothing but grow his craft on the mediums across the board. Today, our guest, let's welcome Vile to the show. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What's that up? Was, that was fucking epic, man. Thank you. Yeah. This is what Vile, I said, Vile, listen, you're kind of like one of those metal dudes. So, like, what, what do you want to go? He said, let's go classic. Let's go with the wizard, Black Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. I love it, bro. Hey, if you guys are smoking weed or on mushrooms right now, let, let this flow in. Feel that right there. Look at Vile, Yo. dude. He's starting to dance. Dude, <laughs> that's crazy. Yo, how is this... This beat, man, Look at never that. gets Yo, old. That beat is so, in a way, it's so hip hop. Yeah, too, right? it's just so like funky, like, and yeah. the harmonica and just the flow of it is just very like you could. I think Cypress Hill threw this in one of their songs. It's just so 
It's I, dude, I cruise my Monte Carlo in this fucking song. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This it's, is a song. It's dude. like when when you know what I always picture with that song? It's like anytime there's like a high energy documentary or something like that. That's the song. Yeah, that's what you think about. It just gets you up and moving. But I always think about like some of the greatest documentaries and films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Use that track. And the thing yeah. is, is it's, it's right. What Vial One says is it's right. It's because a lot of hip hop, especially the early hip hop, the sampling of the drums was from classic yeah, rock, like shit. break beats. Yo. Right. That's, that's exactly. just like a yeah. break beat almost. Right. And, and so much of rock and roll comes from we know comes from blues stuff yeah. man you know and the thing of another thing about that song was that it always felt like a graffiti writer song you know like how do you mean just keep walking spreading their magic you know just that's just yeah. what you know when you're younger that's what you did you know do you see yourself as 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 that do you see yourself as a wizard in a sense of spreading your magic when you're putting yeah. up that stuff yeah definitely and what kind of magic do you think that graffiti actually imparts to people I mean, it's definitely uh, self-empowering, you know. It's uh, some empowering st- empowerment. It's, uh, you know, taking um, something from nothing, creating something out of nothing. Uh, you know, especially around this area, this is like um, Belmont Tunnel's close to here, you know. Like, walking through here back in the day wasn't that easy. <laughs> <laughs> you had to know yeah. where to go. Yeah, you know, for even sure. A, even a few years ago, I took a ride with uh, my homeboy, you know, crew member Deffer, mm-hmm. and uh, we drove through through this neighborhood. And I'm like, you know what? I probably wouldn't have driven with Deffer through this neighborhood <laughs> like, like 15 years ago. Like, but you know, now it's now it's you know everybody's mature it's now. Changed up. Yeah. What uh, what about the <clears throat> the the magic though? Okay, so the, what it sounded like you were describing was like creating something out of nothing. So that's the magic coming from the wizard or the writer, right? What about to the people? I think so, because in a way, like, you inspire other people, you yeah. know, with your stuff, you know. It's not an intentional thing. And uh, for me, my, my work isn't done out of, uh, before as a kid, I would think that it was, like, an aggressive thing, you know, writing on shit. Mark and Terry. Young graffiti writers are really aggressive towards each other. Right. You know, there's no, like, back in the day, there was more camaraderie, and it was more like, oh, shit, you do this, I do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is now. I'm mm-hmm. not out there, like, with those youngsters, but. I see a lot of beef, you know, mm-hmm, and, uh, and I think back in the day it was more of like a bonding thing, more like unified. a little more in unison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just so that we're clear, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And you brought up Deffer, who's another artist that I uh, admire and watched over the years. What? Let's just so we got the stats right. What crew are you from originally? Originally, I'm from a crew called COI. COI, yeah, which stands for like, uh, Cause of Insanity. Okay. Uh, it was just like I think at our deepest it was like fifteen people. Okay, we were like <laughs> that's how like how deep we got. Coi. What's yeah, the first we were one? just uh, we were just kind of like to ourselves, you know, doing uh, a lot of drugs. Okay, and minding our own business and painting. Was the, <laughs> like, painting was the weird shit? Was the drugs the uh, cause of insanity? For me, it, it might have been, you know. <laughs> but again, at the same time, it was that crew that would like come pull me out of like my room after being on like a three days. Speed binge, right, right, right. They'd come grab me and say, "Let's go paint," and I'd be like, "All right." And painting is what kept me sober. Got you. Kept me away from. Kept you away from that. Yeah. And and then and and then now I'm uh, from you know K2S Kill to Succeed right, and then another LA classic fucking crew is uh, Lokes on Dope LOD Mm -hmm. with Chaka you know right 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 Sleaze right, Uh, Volt and Merch and Mosh and all those cats. Yep. 
West Side stuff. Some. Some. Yep. Um, yeah, because today um, somebody was asking me, and I go, I think he's from K2S. I believe that was like the bigger crew that he was with. Uh, by the way, I was with Estev on Oreo earlier. Yeah. And um, I told him that you were coming on the show today, and he's he's doing a photo shoot, and he's like, yeah. How can I wrap this shit up early, bro? I want to come down there, man. You got to tell that dude. You got him on the show. How'd you get him on the show? I'm like, how did you get him on the show? Because we're the hard luck show. No, nah, but seriously, how do you know Vile won? Well, Vile, I, I've met Vile, seen Vile's work like early, early Melrose in 1991-92. I was crossing paths with a lot of different artists. I mean, somewhere around the way, different artists were coming up to some Melrose for different reasons, you know? Yeah. And um, a lot of work was going, they're putting up a lot of work up in that area because it would get a lot of attention. Yeah. And... Um, so in crossing, and, and maybe we are three degrees of separation, but Alex DeLarge. Alex, Alex DeLarge. DeLarge. Made the, put, the, put the link together for us so oh, that okay. we could get so we could get working. <laughs> big yep. Alex. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. shout out to Alex. Yeah. Big, and back, big then, Alex. back then, in, uh, that's when, when uh, CBS was definitely like, you know, Locking Malrose in and inviting us to do big, uh, pro- big walls and stuff like that. So right, yeah, that's awesome. So let me ask you a question. So just how did you how did you get? Tell us the story of how you really got started in writing. <clears throat> and hold, uh, no, don't pull any punches. We don't want the fucking Hallmark version. We want the crazy <laughs> fucking acid laced version. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just. Um, it just it just fucking excited me, you know. Like the first person I ever saw writing with spray paint was like some like devious, demonic looking motherfucker from like I think Little Valley. What did he look like? Uh, dude, he just looked mischievous as fuck. Yeah. He was, <laughs> <laughs> but he had the biggest smile on his face, and he was getting up. And my dad goes fucking cholos like that, <laughs> and he goes, "Don't look at him, uh-huh. you know. Don't yeah. even look at him." And I fucking, of course, Don't you look at a little puppet <laughs> breaking my neck to see this motherfucker jumping out of an old school lowrider, you know, old school car. Yeah. I don't even think it was a lowrider. I think yeah. it was right, just right. fucked up, and he was getting up, and it was a daytime. Yeah, and I was like, "Damn, that's fucking cool." Right, you Can know. Ask you a question: Did, did um, what was your dad's attitude towards cholos? My dad was, uh, you know. I had a couple of aunts that were from neighborhoods, and my dad was the oldest out of like you know six, five or six, and they were all girls. Yeah. So my dad was the oldest, so he was the first one that had to get the fuck out of the pad. He's the one that had to go. To the, he went to the military, and he was just the Chicano that was like, "I'm not gonna let, let that happen to me." Right. He's not gonna succumb to the neighborhood. Right. So, so my aunts, my aunts, you know, they got on heroin, and they were all and they were with dudes. You know, they were, yeah, and they got in the hoods. You know, Garrity, one of my aunts is from Garrity. She still bangs a little bit. Whatever <laughs> she's feeling okay. So he, he got to see it take some of his family members close to him. He saw what happened with that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so wait a second. So did you, and then, that, when your dad said that, did you feel, do you think that attracted it, that attracted graffiti to you in the sense that your dad didn't approve of it? No, that was metal. Really? <laughs> yeah. The, it wasn't nobody could say anything to stop me from painting like I, especially with spray paint and that was the main thing is that it was spray paint using black spray paint to do fucking you know big ass pieces you know? right 
like I wanted to do skulls and and demons and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's that attracted me, and I didn't understand it at a younger age. And people used to be like, "Oh, you're fucking demonic. Why do you fuck with that shit? Mm-hmm. You're a Satanist. You're this. You're that." Yeah, because of the music I listen to now, and you know, in retrospect, and now that I'm older, I understand. You know these words right that we didn't understand as kids but colonization and demonized mm-hmm. and all that i'm like hey wait you know i'm i'm part native you know like yeah. i mean i'm all native to myself but sure on paper i'm part native what 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 tribe uh zuni and uh raramuri zuni i yeah. drove through uh, the zuni reservation probably about six months ago with my my woman i have a wall painted i painted a wall there i love that yeah yeah no yeah. i'm i'm jamestown sklalem from uh washington state totem oh, wow. yeah you're northwest name yeah beautiful let's do that i like that territory i like that land yeah what do you think about their art oh it's amazing there's a graffiti writer from up there yeah, he does. He does that that work down here. I love that. Yeah, we have a graffiti crew, kind of loosely knit, called Neoglyphics. Neoglyphics. And wow. Like, and what's their thing? Like, just wh- different, just different dudes from different tribes, like Doug Miles and Breeze and this cat, um, and Dwayne, Dwayno and Sano, and a bunch of writers from Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, Yuku, and all kinds of. <laughs> Rise, Lady Rise, people you never heard of, youngsters that are coming up that are native, I love know, that. that are painting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, originally you're from, uh, are you from Boyle Heights? Is that the area that you're from in Yosemite? Or what part, if, or excuse me, let me know. What part are you No, 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 it's cool. It's funny. I was born at Beverly Beverly uh, Hospital. Yeah? I had, yeah, but I had some like lung failure and shit, so they transported me to Boyle, to White Memorial. Okay. So I say that I lived in White Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I first lived in, Wild, in Boyle Heights. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, I was there for like two weeks in an incubator and all that shit. And then, uh, but I grew up in San Gabriel Valley, East LA. East okay. LA. Yeah. Okay. How often, you know, did you, when you started writing, I know that a lot of writers, especially in your days, you had to get around town. You had to get all over to try and get your stuff up. And did you, did you frequent the Hollywood area much? Uh, you know what all I remember about that is like the 33 bus. Um, there was a couple of... So Wilshire, right? Was it Wilshire? Yeah, yeah. The number 33. Yeah, so getting to downtown was like a task. And, and you know, and then going to downtown and finding the stationary stores or whoever had the spots that would like share them with you to rack shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't a big time racker. I'd fucking get a pilot or some pilot ink and feel like I was the shit. You know, you know <laughs> what racking like, is? No, what's racking? <laughs> racking, racking is when they go in and it's uh, it's basically shoplifting. Usually, you, boosting. Yeah, you boost, you rack you paint, rack. rack markers, rack stuff so that you could use to get out because that stuff's expensive. Right, of course it is. And sometimes you just rack shit because you could, like, yeah. like stupid shit. You know, I had for I had a homie who we used to go on you know missions all day, and then he would go to like Albertsons and rack uh, food. Right, mm-hmm. so he he would like throw. I think it was prior. Is that right? I think it was prior. I think he would like roll shit or like slide shit out of the door from the inside. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. One time I had this homie who put ribs in his pants and he burned himself. He burned his stomach because the ribs were brand new from like Albertsons. Oh, they were cooked. Yeah, they were cooked with his pants. Oh, man. And he fucking burned himself. He he stole ribs and burned his hot dog. Rib bone. Yeah, there you go. So, so going back, so then it was metal then that was kind of the, the rebellious thing for you. 
Yeah, in a way. I mean, because that like, was the thing that my dad was always pissed about. It was long hair and metal. Right. Because he's a military guy. So long hair. You know, people tell me that sometimes they're like, you know, you should get a sh- like a military cut. And I'm like, fool, where I'm from, long hair is a military cut. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. All, the, all the military dudes... Uh, in the tribes, they all had long hair. They didn't have no short hair. <laughs> that is a military cut. You're the one with the fucked up hair. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> so let's talk about the state of metal then. Okay. All right. You're you're a metal aficionado. Like, right. uh, is there any new metal that people should be listening to, or that you think is worth a damn, or is it uh, all? Yeah. Is there I mean, hipster I, metal? Uh, there's hipster metal, but yeah, that's like deaf. Def Haven or some shit. I don't, I don't listen to that. <laughs> Homeboy's got like, you know, the white cat, like, looks like a male model and he has like short <laughs> fucking styled hair and he's, I'm just like, nah, dude, I'm not buying that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do like uh, a band called Wolves in the Throne Room, which is a black metal band from Washington. Wolves in the Little, Throne Room. I like the yeah, fucking name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these bands that I'm listening to right now are talking about taking back the land and going back to that and they're not even native, but right. they're still that kind of mindset of like, right. Fucking going back to that quote unquote pagan way of living. Because, because, and, and let's not be fucked up about this, let's be real. The truth is that everybody, white, black, brown, whatever, red, everybody hails from a tribe if mm-hmm. you go back far enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And everybody, rem- everybody has some kind of root in a time when you didn't have all this prepackaged, glossy, fucking consumeristic bullshit. That we've got that's pretty much eating away, or the Bible, or even the Bible. If you do now, you're now you are demonic. Holy shit, violin! <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, I mean, that's it's just true. that you know, it's you know, that's the first form of mental slavery, right? Like that's what first got us. Now we got Instagram is the new mental slavery, but or social media. I don't know? know. You know what? I hear that, but don't you kind of agree that? Instagram or social media is no different than polite society or 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 rules of conduct and etiquette in certain areas. Like in the way that I think, I think always there's been some sort of filter and control from the ruling mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. over other people. And, and mm-hmm. Instagram might be the new one, but I don't think that's any different than any other time. But I think it's voluntary. voluntary. What do you, you mean? Know, it's like a voluntary form of like mental... Like, you buy into it really easily. But you, you know could I mean? say the same thing about religion. Because nobody watches TV anymore. That's true. It came from the it went from the book to the TV to the computer. It went from the book to the movie. No, book, radio. Ah, radio. Okay. Book, radio, movie, television, computer, and then cell phone, which is just a mini computer. Right. But don't you think that mental slavery at any stage, if you really want to get down to it, is voluntary at some level. Well, if you're if you're aware of it, get get on the mic. If you're aware of it, okay. What yeah. do you mean by that? <coughs> Excuse me. I don't. I just think that some things you know people weren't aware. I mean, you know, the Bible. You know, follow this, or we'll cut your fucking hands off. You know right. what I mean? You don't think people were aware of that? Because because think about people it. didn't have a choice. Internally, they did, and this is what no, I'm. No, they didn't. Not when they're sending your your brother back with no fucking hands. I'm telling you right now, do they have a choice as to? And a lot of Jewish people actually have gone through that same exact thing in Europe. Let's say, Mm -hmm. okay, during the Inquisition, right? You had a lot of Jews who were forced by the Spaniards Mm -hmm. to convert Mm -hmm. to Christianity, Mm -hmm. and a lot of Jews did externally. Mm -hmm. 
And internally, though, they maintain their values. Right. Like and natives. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I meant by choice in the sense of, and I think even when you say like, oh, you have to study this or you have to follow this or we're going to cut your hands off. I think that that's the more obvious place for you to see like, okay, I'm being forced this and I can fake give them what they want, but I'm going to maintain some seed internally. Right. And I hope that a lot of people can maintain that seed internally. And that's a struggle, you know, it's like to find those people that can maintain that seed, that belief internal, you know, we have to go through a lot. We, we suffer a lot from uh, genetic, you know, traumas, you know, like our, our forefathers, our, our ancestors that were enslaved to, you know, do shit that, you know, they don't want to do, but they're forced, right? And we're right. still living some of that. Some of that's still in our spirit. For sure. In our DNA, we can't help it. So we fight each other, right? When we're young, we go after each other, and we battle each other, and we fucking kill each other. And then we we rest, and then we realize, whoa, what the fuck are we doing? Or what the fuck are they doing, you know? Like a lot of old school gang members, they'll, they'll be the first ones to tell you, don't get in a neighborhood. And that was, I was surrounded by people that were like, don't ever get in the neighborhood. Do your art. Right. And that's what I did. And even if, it, even if it meant that I was a fucking hermit, I was like, fuck it. Because the wizard is because. a hermit. <laughs> because the <laughs> wizard is a hermit. There you go. So, so you had then, you had other influences around you that tried to steer you towards your art. Yeah. And uh, was there ever a time in your, in your early days where you were like almost, you almost quit? Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, no, art has always been a thing that I did, but it was never a thing that I thought I could do all the time. You know what I mean? So I would draw and I would go to parties and kick it. And then people would come up to me and be like, yo, you're an artist now. You draw. And I'm like, yeah. And they would make me draw at parties. And I'd be like, yo, I'm just fucking, I'm here to, to have fun and shit. Like I got, you know, three people waiting for me to draw shit for them. Right. So that was kind of funny, you know? And of course, if the girls asked me to draw something, I'd be like, yeah, sure, no problem. Right. <laughs> Let me draw you. Let's go in the back room. I'm really good with nudes. Let me do your name. You yeah. Know? In high school, let yeah. me do your name. Did you, Did that work for you really well, though? Did chicks really get into it? Nah. No? No. Nah. Come on. I mean, I would draw their names and that was it. And uh, they but- go back to their boyfriend. <laughs> Hey, any of you girls that are listening right now, Mrs. Earbuds, if Vile One drew your name back in high school, it's time for you to pay up. Yo, one, I, I know somebody from high school that has still has a drawing. No kidding. Yeah. And when, did, you, did you see it? And did it look to you like you're like, man, that's pretty good, actually. It was a trip because you know what? I was drawing a lot of like shit that seemed like I was on drugs, but I was never like, at that time, I was never <laughs> doing drugs. So I think it was like, the thing I did was like a, a joint. Yeah. And it had butterfly wings coming out of it. Motherfuckers don't bite that design. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, yeah. Right now, there's a dispensary that's opening up that's going to use that as their logo. And I think I wrote the butterfly sores, you know, referencing Mm -hmm. a female smoking weed. Right. How did how did how did rock and I mean how did metal? How did this get influenced into your life? And did it start with classic rock? What what how, how did that I want to hear about how that came to be. I think in graffiti, uh, there was always metal influence in graffiti. Like even back to like the subway days in New York and scene did a, a subway that said hand of doom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that piece. Scene still very much into, you know, old school metal, classic rock. Uh, 
Um, so I always felt like it had, I guess, the rawness, you know, of it. Unfiltered. But then as I started getting older, I started getting into more, like, heavier shit. And uh, and then I noticed that, like, the pace, right? Like, I would listen to it and the pace would keep me painting quicker. Mm. Interesting. Then, yeah. And let me ask you a question. Is there, is, was there ever metal where you, like, because a lot of it is, you know, demonology and all this other kind of stuff. And it's really too open up that space and say you know you're you know you already don't like who we are anyway so we're going to take hold of these negative images and turn them into something powerful mm. or blah, blah sacred or whatever you want to call it in fact i actually read jo- uh sharon osborne's autobiography about ozzy osborne mm-hmm. it's an amazing amazing book in the sense of it gives some insight into ozzy and what he was really like some fantastic stories yeah about dipping his balls in the fucking and he really did bite a bat's head off yeah 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 but the thing is, is for you, is there, was there ever a point in the metal? Is there metal where you're like, well, that's too far. That, that's, I don't go that, that's a little crazy. I don't know if I fuck with that. Like, guar, did guar push you over the edge? No, I didn't. I was never into guar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was because, like, Black Sabbath was, like, from the streets, right? Black Sabbath were, they were poor. They're, they talked about sharing a cigarette between the four of them. Right. They're from Birmingham. It was, like, a shithole. Like, all they had was their art. To, to uplift them right. to get them out of that right then you come back to LA and you come to like the late 80s and you have Slayer mm-hmm. right who was from fucking Southgate right mm-hmm. which is where there was a yard in Southgate we would go to Southgate uh, into the into the river and there was a there was a yard there that they would invite us to and there was like different crews at the time popping up that were like like OSB was like a like a ska crew but they were all punk rock too right, right. so there was like different things that were coming out you know different dudes like in different crews were, were into metal so it wasn't like a it was far and few in between but it wasn't too 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 far you know right. there was dudes that were still listening to that music or going to shows and like one of my closest friends axis has always been into metal he plays guitar mm-hmm. been in a couple of different bands um shout out swan, to axis swan from you know uti swan's always been into metal swan has Old shirts of him at the Belmont with like Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Old pictures with him with like an Iron mm-hmm. Maiden shirt. And Iron Maiden has, I mean, and in metal, you're right, because Iron Maiden has some songs and some music that actually talks about American Indian, mm-hmm. you know, rights and, and even Metallica. And a right. lot of the thrash bands were, po- were, uh, were po- political. Right. So like graffiti was political to me too. Absolutely. And then. Um, you know, just all, all the thrash music was about, you know, destruction, you know, and and, and fuck the government. It was mm-hmm. like an extension of punk rock. So, you know, punk rock was very influential to me in the beginning, too, with like X and the germs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so all that just was all that aggressive, heavy music. D- D-Y-I. Right. Yeah, D-Y-I. Let me ask you this. D-I-I. D-I-Y. Sorry. That's all right. So where are we at now? I mean, we've got, based on your history, based on what you're talking about, based on the political aspect of writing, graffiti, thrash, heavy metal, even even the early stages of hip-hop, right? You have all this stuff. And yet, we're probably more conformist and controlled now than we have ever been in this country. What went wrong, Vile One? Where did we go wrong? Money. Money. What do you mean by that? I think just people, you know, wanted to just flex materialistically, you know, 
to me, it was more so about honing my craft and about getting really familiar and, and as best as I could get with spray paint. It wasn't about how much this job paid or what it, you know, what client I had. Now I have really high end clients. Right. I didn't search them out. They, right. They, that wasn't that wasn't the plan. No, yeah, that wasn't the plan. They they came around to us now. You know. Right. I mean, but let me ask you a question. Because slick they, and risk are the the forefathers of that. They're the, they were the head in, in that game, you know, slick and risk, and and they were influential on in that. They were influential in saying like, huh, they're doing their shit, but they're getting paid, and they're not really compromising, you know. And I think that was very important to see dudes that you know inspired me in the yards and different places, like the grimiest places. Yeah. To see them go into like non-grimy places and still kind of be able to function normally. Yeah, but don't you think? And, and and I'm being honest with you. I mean, I'm at this place in my life too, right? It's like, but don't you think that it's that's the American way, in a sense that 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 America, as a capitalist, as the most capitalist country, co-ops rebellious political messages by paying off and or getting people to work with them. And then before you know it, right, everybody's a DJ. Uh, You know, white, rich white girls now have, you know, grills that metal grills, you know, and and even punk rock. Now, now you can go down to Walmart and you'll see like, you know, what used to be punk rock bands. The Ramones t-shirt. Exactly. So don't you think in a certain way that that is the American capitalism co-opting these things and, and eventually putting them to sleep? Um, yes and no. Um, I think the uh, demographic changes as we get older. So I don't think, you know, the reality of, of having to exist and survive always kind of comes to play. Right. I think when people overcapitalize on that shit, then it kind of shows where their character was. Right. In the first place. Right. So there's a balance. Yeah. And let me ask you this. And again, the demographic thing is very important, right? What do you because mean? Because once we're at this age, we're no longer a concern of like um, mainstream marketing, right? Now they, they want to focus on our offspring, on our youth, right? Because right. that's where the money is. That's where the money is because people at that age don't have the ability to critical think and have some mm. experience. Well, they just want to party and fucking have fun. And they want and to do be TikTok. Rich. Yeah, and do TikTok. Mm-hmm. Right. But they and said I that- swore I was never going to do TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> last week I signed. I signed. No, we have no choice in the matter, right? <laughs> so you. So another thing I want to ask you is, and I'm, when I was reading about you and I was reading about some other people, there's a lot of vile one. There's like it, a lot of graffiti artists have the, they say one oh, the after one? the name. What's that about? Why one? I don't know. I've been trying to kick that. But back really? in the day, it was, uh, you know, like you're the only one. Right. Because no. I was thinking like, well, then somebody could just be vile zero and be like, well, zero comes before one. So I, you know, I'm <laughs> vile zero. But you're saying I'm just going to go by vile now. Yeah. I mean, I'm just just vile or, or my my government last name which is reyes reyes yeah you know uh, what's reyes. crazy is that um, i'm part chilean and my great great grandfather who married my indian grandma they both couldn't speak each other's language although they could speak the language of love uh, yes. you know what hide the whatever. that is right you know? that's right they, and they got married uh bartolo reyes 
Oh, interesting. That is interesting. Reyes, you know what? It's just such a do- <laughs> I've always liked that name, bro. I don't know why aesthetically how it rolls off. Yeah. It's just a dope name. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and bro. Then people, it's a good name. It's, it's interesting because people always ask me, like, why I paint eyes so much, right? Yeah. Like, why the eyes? Why the eyes? I said, well, check out my last name. It's R-E-Y-E-S. Right. There's an I in your last name. Yeah. And how did Vile, how did that come to be? Uh, yeah, that's a, I had a bunch of fucking names, man. A lot How of different names. How many names did you go? What's the dumbest name you came up with for yourself? <laughs> did you ever say like, yeah, I'm going to be, they're going to call me Powder. I'm Powder. Mm. Did you have any dumb names? Actually, I know Powder. He's not, he's pretty <laughs> oh, Dude, he shot down Powder. He now he's going to show up in the podcast. Man, right, dude, let's have a graffiti battle. I'm ready. Uh, you know what? I was young, man. I was a kid, and I really was into Motley Crue at the time, yeah. and so I started writing Mr. Crew. <laughs> <laughs> that, that took some thinking. Mr. Crew. Right. Mr. Crew. Everybody was a Mr. or a Sir or a okay. fucking Rock, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Mr. Crew. I didn't know any better, man. Uh, but I, how'd you come up with vile all right so yeah so i just again back to the metal thing i wanted a name that was going to be like you know raw and like evil and dark but not necessarily uh so like in your face you know not like uh i don't know whatever so i started writing v-i-l-e but i changed the i to a y so v-y-l-e right right but the tag the ending of the e Back in the day, it's like this lowercase, like, flared-out E. Yeah. And it just I just lost interest in it right away. And back then, we used to see how many different ways you could spell your name. Mm-hmm. And so one of the other ways I started spelling it was V-Y-A-L. But also, it's a V-I-A-L, right? Like a vial, like that. Right. Like Coke. something like that. <laughs> Coke vial. Yeah. Like Coke vial or whatever <laughs> used to come in, you know, or whatever you chose to do. That's a long mm-hmm. my homie, My homie, I had a homie in high school from State Street, and he used to sell... Uh, Sure. <laughs> He's the self. Sure. Yeah, of course he did. He's from State Street. <laughs> and so we'd kick it and he never he never want, he never told me to smoke or anything like that, but he would come. We go to lunch at a continuation school that we went to. And then all the all the all the dudes from the from different hoods would come up to him and you know, five bucks, he'd dip their dip cigarettes. Their shit in the bottle. For lunch, and then <laughs> come back to class, Sherm down. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Hey, look at this. Speaking of which Look, there's there's Mr. Crew. He spray painted. <laughs> nah, dude, that was before this. That was before this shit. Yeah, what? Well, yeah. I would say. I would say. I would say. I was more like Live Wire days. Okay, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Before but they went. Know, before they went corporate. But you know, in graffiti, it wasn't cool to be listening to that shit, right? Like, at the time, it was well, definitely not cool to listen here we to. Go. Mr. Crew. Yeah, more like that, dude. There you go. Yeah, and I'm going to... Some fire on your pants, some right. fucking spitting blood out of your mouth, you know? Look at that. There he goes. Look at that. He's looking He's looking demonic. Do I feel... Uh, do, do, am I changing? Am I, tra- am I shape-shifting? Yeah. <laughs> Look at demonic. Yeah, I like What that. was cool to listen to? Well, you know, a lot of hip-hop was coming out, right? So it was like, right. oh, Eric B and Rakim right. or yeah, one Yeah, but you stuck with metal. I stuck, I, I found balance. And one time it was funny because I had my headphones on. Yeah. And I was listening to Iron Maiden. And then I ran into Pryor on the bus somewhere. And he goes, what are you listening to? And I showed him and I gave him to him. And he's like, listening to it. And, he, and this fool, every time I see him, I remind him. He listened to it for five seconds. He took it off and he goes... You're Chicano and you listen to this shit? Yeah, yeah but is it? I feel like... 
<laughs> and that was the mentality back then, though. Right. In I L.A., just, dog, it was like, you, no. Right. It had to be hip-hop or oldies or. Now, what, this what, is what? the crazy thing, though, bro. This is, it's really crazy, bro. That's where I was, go- that was where I was going at with this whole question about metal and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm in my early 50s, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I had an older sister and an older brother, rest in peace. And my sister was was uh, three years older than me. My brother's uh, eight years older, right? And so my experiences with rock and roll, the early, early stages were like, uh, like uh, the early stuff. You know, I was catching wind of like the early Zeppelin and stuff like that through mm through them and right like the big concerts that were going on were like cal jam one cal jam two fucking huge right right massive shit like that and this is before the us festival and all that shit okay? yeah and um you know all like santana and like in these types of groups and at, at that point in time and and i'm talking about la yeah if you lived in la yeah everybody that was young was listening to it and and bro, long hair. It was everybody had yeah, long yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what's at, crazy? Huh. It's like too. If you watch like you know like because the low riding thing, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. I have like long hair and like oh. like oh you gang are you a, you're a gangster? I'm like no, low riding was was wasn't always wasn't nothing just a super cho- connected uh-uh, to cholos. It was, it was stoners, dude. If you even watch like uh, Boulevard Nights, yeah, or Chichijong, dude. All the extras were all long hair, and fucking right. most of the, the the Chicanos in East LA were fucking stoners. exactly, bro. Well, that's what bro. I was gonna say. Like yeah. like I've always known that there's a segment of Latinos that are metal or Hesher Latinos. Like yeah. yes, uh, there's hip hop, and yes, there's Chicanos. The, what, but in yeah. the beginning, what you got to remember is that. In this, like, I'm talking about the 70s, bro. Yeah. Everybody was. Like, if you had long hair and a bandana and a mustache, <laughs> that was everybody. That wasn't a white thing. It wasn't yeah. a Mexican. That wasn't everybody. That was the way people went again. That was, that was what that was, was what punk was and hip-hop. Yeah. That was all that? Yeah. This is all they really had at that point in time, yeah. in a way, okay? In the neighborhood I grew up in, it was called Poor Side. Mm-hmm. They disappeared, right? They just eventually disappeared, but... They were in the seventies and early night, early eighties, and there was a dude that I remember named Wolfman, but there was another dude named Plant who looked like Robert Plant, who was like a Chicano white dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then they just all were fucking stoners, right? Exactly, bro. They it was like rolling fat joints, listening right. to fucking rock and roll, and <clears throat> we've talked about this on the show too. That, like. I always listened to I listened to rock. I mean, that's when I was young. I was listening to rock and roll. And when Run DMC hit, it changed my life. You know, hip hop, and then as it eventually right. grew into. It. But I always kept my rock and roll shit. I always. But Run DMC was a bridge to rock and roll. No, in, in a sense, because you're talking about later, bro. When I'm, I, let me tell, let me say it just how it happened to me, and that Good. was that Run DMC came out, and that was the bridge to. Hip hop music to right, rap music, right, okay? right? Houdini, them, but Run DMC, and that opened up the world to this whole rap music culture. Yes, they came back around and ended up sampling and and then the Aerosmith and and all that stuff later on, and then opened up that whole culture to rock and roll. Right. But that's later. I'm saying when Run DMC hit, 
that was like the beginning of hip hop to me. Yeah. Like rap music culture. Like this whole and it was coming primarily kind of from the East Coast, you know, at that yeah, point in time, right? Right. right. Um, Eric B and Rakim and like right. all that, that, that right. you know, all this so anyways, and then it comes back to the West Coast and then back and forth. But the crazy thing is that when hip hop was 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 starting to like it was rock and roll and then hip hop got introduced. That's kinda out of for me. But when this happened, it to me it seemed like, and this is, I'm talking like 84, 85, like somewhere in there that, uh, that was like when metal started blowing up, okay? Mm-hmm. And so a bunch of people went from rock and roll and went on to metal. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other people went on to hip hop, okay? Yeah. And I remember like, like when you start talking about like Slayer and, and now we're talking about Iron Maiden and Yngwie Malmsteen and like all this stuff, right? So Metallica starts happening. I remember on the West Side seeing like a lot of like white boys, Heshers, you know, concert t-shirts on here. Like, you know, it's like, okay. And I got it. But I wasn't into like metal like that. Like it got too heavy yeah, for me. Yeah. I was into classic rock and roll. <clears throat> But as I go into like, dude, people don't even know. There's a big neighborhood called Mid City. It's yeah. a neighborhood. Yeah. But Mid City was Mid City Stoners. Stoners originally. When I was in high school, there was some some girl I used to smoke with. She was from Mid City Stoners. Right. Now you would go and you like, and you have like all these like hardcore, and if you want to call them Cholo neighborhoods or whatever. Well, I mean, if you talk about about MS too, when MS started, too, bro, bro they were people don't know metal this. Metal as fuck, dude. These are like. Neighborhoods where they were like long hair, they were rockers, and and, and they were like, dude, I'm telling you, MS was the same way, exactly, bro. Yeah. People don't know this, man. No. And they were wearing like Slayer Judas Priest shirts, and like they were yeah. all about stoners. And Mid City was Mid City stoners. And I would go to like different shows, different places, and it'd be mobbed out, bro. And they like, it it changed with like the '90s influx of yeah, like yeah. NWA and gangster rap, right? Yeah, right. Gangster, gangster rap started changing it. But you got to remember, <laughs> man, there was a time that this this is stuff that if you're not from LA, if you're, you're not really know. born and raised, you didn't see this happening, man. It was and such it's a so, trip. It's such a trip too to meet people that didn't grow up in LA, but then they come here, they move here, and then they act like they've been from LA their entire lives, and you're like. And they try to front and, and have this attitude. I'm like, you're not from fucking L.A. Like, you're never going to know what it's like to live through the 90s. Right. Mm-hmm. No fault of your own, but don't come at me like that because I lived through the 90s. We had a green light on us. Mm-hmm. As graffiti writers painting walls. Yeah. like Yeah, yeah. You know, you would paint a wall. <laughs> I remember there was a friend of ours from Paris that came out, this dude Echo. And we sent him with the homies from K4P to go paint a wall. Well, they did a drive-by on the wall during the daytime. And he went fucking running for his life. And the, the K4P just kind of... Sat it out, and then they started painting again. Right, but they had to go to chase down Echo. But the mm-hmm. dude from France didn't know the anything d- about. It. <laughs> he didn't know what was happening. It's just real interesting, man. But I always go back to the roots of me growing up with rock and roll, and that was the music expression that was going yeah. on. It yeah. didn't matter. Bro, when you when you look at like Cal Jam or when you look at these concerts, bro, it was you can black, look up brown and white and everybody was growing their hair out everybody look looked that like shit stoners up. man look, they you have know? footage of black sabbath at cal jam and that yeah, shit man was like made woodstock look small tiny right yeah it was just a trip dog and that's why when you look at like a lot of old like you know the lowrider culture and if you even look at some of the gang culture 
uh, in certain areas. See, all the homies had long hair in the mm. beginning of the when these hills. It was started. almost it was almost like a return to their native selves, right? Yeah. Native roots, growing their hair out. It was rebellion. Right. Tribal, tribal, tribal kind of thing with with you know I don't even like to say that word, but you know. I do. Like getting getting together, you know, and, and having a you know, a gang in the form of like, you know, tribes. Right. Yeah. Hey, do you mind if we take a quick break? I want to check something on the sound. Yes. Okay. Let's take a okay. quick break and then this is a good spot to take Two a break. different okay. things came up. It was <coughs> I remember me. you had said something about like Yeah, but Chicanos are the most rocker like like yeah. people, right? You said something like that that was interesting, which there's not a lot of people that would agree with or, or know what the I, book is. You that. know why I say that? I'm gonna tell you. I mean, I know I'm not from LA, I'm from Washington, but I gotta tell you, like from my experience with a lot of Chicanos in Washington, and then when I got uh, sober, I met a lot of Chicanos when I got sober, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot, I like a, a good chunk of them, they, and when I was in, when I went to school at Berkeley, mm-hmm. right, there was a lot of Chicanos at Berkeley studying at Berkeley and blah, blah, blah. We'd work in, these, uh, in, the, in the bookstores together and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I would say at least half of them and in, in strangely, the more intellectual, and now this is a generalization. I don't mm-hmm. really know, but my okay. experience is, okay, the more intellectual the, the Chicano or the Latino was, the more likely it was that they had a very strong metal rock and roll background. It, that's interesting that you say that. And then, and, and then I'm just going to tell you something from another interesting point, and that's that <clears throat> we all know that. Things are kind of bubbling like out in Austin, Texas right now. Like That's like the hot spot right now like right. a lot of people there's a lot of right. business people right frank so ball frank ball frank ball's out there yeah. so i don't know if you know the tattoo artist frank ball he's an old friend of mine no so he's out there right now yeah he's no. out there right now and we're talking on the phone i'm sure and, missing out oh yeah you are <laughs> and frank ball tells me he goes he goes uh i go so what the hell's austin like and he's like he starts breaking down like what the demographic looks like, right? He goes like, there's a bunch of fucking hipsters out here with like their bikes and berets and they want these fucking dads. I'm like, yeah, okay. And he goes, but dude, there's a whole bunch of homies that know what's up out here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, bro, there's real homies out here that know what's up. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes like, dude, like these dudes all have long hair. They're all wearing like Slayer shirts. He's like breaking down and I'm like, dude, that's dope. And and the fact that he, you know, he grew up in San Gabriel Valley and he knew what was up, dude. And he's just like, yeah, motherfuckers know what's up out here. And I was like, damn, it's just interesting, man, to, to hear that. And trust me, bro. If there's a if there's a reason that I think it's interesting, it is interesting. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. The, the whole trip on it, man. It's like I just like it, man, because it reminds me of the old days when there was like everybody was about it. You know, it wasn't wasn't so separated. Yeah. Because you're into this, it's oldies. I get up and tell people, you know, I, I'm in an anonymous program, and and people have got their ideas of who you are from the outside you know right. and i like sometimes i get up and i'm like you know what yeah i ain't got nothing against a pit bull and a 64 impala but i like a range rover and a yorkshire terrier myself you know people start <laughs> laughing and stuff so you don't really know me or what you know what i'm saying and the other the other thing I, is i too, have i have a goat there you go. There, what, what, kind of goat, there. what kind of goat do you I have, have a uh, nigerian dwarf goat he doesn't you know he's not in the city he's what's his name in, his name is storm he's storm. black he's like this little black and white goat 
Yeah, we used to have uh, we used to have goats, and we had pygmy goats. Yeah, yeah, he's and, he's a he's a. And we used to like pygmy. let them like goats are a trip, man. They're fucking hilarious, and they love can... to cuddle. You're oh, like, they're the best. But they but they don't realize that they're awkward because they're like fucking horn is sticking in your chin, and right. their hoof mm-hmm. is like on your balls. But but still, see, they're still demonic. It's got to have a horn, and it's got to have <laughs> a hoof. You hear that? But no, but and and you could be laying there, you'll be chilling. The greatest thing I love about goats, honest to God, is that. Those little fuckers, they can jump on like the littlest space and just yeah, pop up. They yeah, can climb a anything. little rock. Yeah. You'll yeah. be laying there like this and they'll jump up on your shoulder and just chill. And balance. And stare at you. Yeah. yeah. I love those. I, I love fucking guts. Dude, I used to live next to some poor white trash motherfuckers on an Anderson Island. These dudes were cool. The workmen's. They were uh-huh. the first ones that taught me how to chew. Mm. Copenhagen. Mm. And they used to put, tell that me. never to ended since. I love, I love tobacco. Anyway. <laughs> so I, so they had goats, and they used to fucking milk the goats right uh, there. Would they just feed the goats like fucking aluminum cans and they shit? They would just feed them eat anything. Right? Oh, yeah. dude, you'll sit there and your belt will be gone, and the goat will just be chewing <laughs> yeah. on it. How do they do that? They got the stomach acid. I they, down anything. They fucking. I don't yeah, know what it is. They'll eat anything. They'll yeah. eat anything. Yeah. Hey, tell us about. Um, are you? Do you know? Uh, do you know Marcel Blanco's cell from WCA? Yeah. Okay. Are, have you fought him? Are you down to fight him? <laughs> i thought maybe we'd have a challenge or something i'm just kidding you know what i would but his 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 twinkly eyes are just too much i yeah, just you know, i just yeah. want to want to buy him a coffee and he's yeah he's a good guy he's on the show and we talked about um <laughs> we talked about his first really big piece where he did it how it went down and can you I'd love to hear about like what was what was the first time that you really got up in a real way where you were like kind of like this is this may be a little bit I bit off a little bit more than I could the repercussions maybe like when was that piece done and take us through there like how, how how old were you and how did that go down when you really busted and got up in a major way uh shit you know what? It, it wasn't it wasn't by myself that I did a, a, a wall that was like on a, on a massive scale. It was like four people, and uh, it was this um, my my old uh, my old school one of my first mentors who was a female named Eva Cockroft who have since passed for uh, from breast cancer. Mm. But back then we had a we got a project at the Belmont old Belmont High School. Okay. So if you drive down, like, uh, I think it's 2nd Street, you'll see that wall that goes from being, like, really small to really big, and it has, like, the evolution, the theory of evolution. Mm-hmm. It was done with paintbrushes and, like, all kinds of shit. And, dude, it took us six fucking months. Really? Yeah. And so they had me handle some sections in spray paint. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was a group effort. It was a huge fucking undertaking. And you Did know. you ever do one, though, that you thought, like, it was not – asked for they were gonna come down on you and and it was kind of like holy shit but it was a risk breaking the law yeah a rebellious one um eh. can't remember i mean you know a lot of those things were were more about like just the quick shit that i could get away with i wasn't trying to spend too much time you know Uh, i wasn't really a graceful person when i would go out bombing at night i would fall and fucking <laughs> drop my paint and wake up and see the finished product and be like wow it looks like shit like fucking, yeah i can't tell you how many times i used to finish pieces at belmont tunnel and paint over them 
Right. I, without taking a picture, I would fucking hate them. Wow. I hated seeing any of my shit done. My friends would be like, dude, it looks cool. Leave it alone. And I'd be like, nah, I'm going to change it. And I change the color scheme. All right, that's cool. Leave it. I'm like, nah, I don't like it. Paint over it. But so, so let me ask you this then, because um, you went to, what was Oh, it? you know what? Let me, now that I think about it, yeah. I got something. Okay, here we go. Uh, I wouldn't say it was like the most like, I would say it's one of the more riskier bombing situations I went on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was in uh, Berlin, Germany in 1995. Okay. And uh, me and Manuel went out with a couple of writers from out there. This one cat, Escher and Bucks, right? And we were going to do spellouts, right? So they were RCB crew and we were COI. So we figured out we would write spell out revolution. Re- revolution can be cause of insanity. Okay. And so me and Manuel and are like, fuck, we're going to get busted. Because every 10 minutes, we had to hide under the train tracks for the train to come in, mm-hmm. right? The, the commuter train. But on the other side of the wall was the fucking Autobahn. So there was really like no place to run. It was like, mm-hmm. and the station was like maybe 50 yards from where we were painting or 100 yards. And uh, so we just start going at it. We're just like, fuck it, let's go. Right. So we start doing these big pieces. And they're about like the side, the letters are about like a little bit bigger than our, our reach, you know? Like we're fucking filling in a whole spell out cause of insanity. And we just fucking just do it, right? We get the outline up, we get it done, we fucking run all the way back across the fucking tracks to the other side to where our mm-hmm. homie was hanging out. Asylum was just like waiting, watching us. Yeah. Dude, we get over there and our cause of insanity spell out was as big as these motherfuckers. R. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that was in Germany. Yeah, and needless to say, they didn't finish their spell because they ran out of paint, but mm-hmm. they just went bigger than we had even kind of. We were like, we're going to go around this big, right? And mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got back, and their shit just dwarfed our whole spell out. Really? Man. Yeah. That was, Man. That was, so, because um, I, was, I was also reading that you. Now, what is it, Estria that you were that you went and did the graffiti battles? You won like 2011, 2013, or what was it? How did that go? Tell us about that. First of all, what the hell is Estria? Estria is a dude from uh, San Francisco who is uh, one of the original writers from San Francisco, who's also Hawaiian, and I think originally was from Hawaii, Hawaii. Right. And uh, he had a foundation that he was doing. And uh, it was a nonprofit, and they were just doing like a lot of graffiti-based events. And he had this idea to do uh, the Estria graffiti battles. Right. right. So he would get different artists together, and they would all battle. And they would throw out a theme word, right? So like the first year that I won, the theme word was heal. As so, in H-E-A-L. Yeah, so then you have to do a piece. And so it's like lettering style, a composition, and does, overall. Does just everyone creative. have the same equipment? Like, do they give everyone? We the all same had paint? the same paint. We all had the same amount of uh, the same amount of cans, and that was it. And what about time? Did they give time everyone? the same amount of time? How much time did they give? I think it was three hours, maybe maybe five hours. And then, do you, are you invited to the graffiti battle? They used to. Uh, some of them used to battle to get to the main battle. Mm-hmm. Right. So different cities, different. Different mm-hmm. dudes of battle, right? Yeah, and then, <clears throat> and then, um, and then when you go into because you don't seem you don't strike me as a guy that's heavily into competition in a sense. Like I don't get the sense from you that your you know your ego is super involved in trying to be who's the best. But 
you were invited to this. So were, do, were you feeling competitive? Did you feel pressure? Did you know you were going to win? I, I just wanted to do the best that I could do for myself, you know. And uh, the idea of, like, winning, like, a trophy or anything like right. that, I was like, I mean, I never won a trophy for anything in my fucking life. <laughs> and I, I don't think, you know, my, my brother, I have an older brother who was a big influence in my life. For everything, you know, he was into the lowriders. He had a lowrider when I was a kid. He used to draw crazy shit when I was a kid. So he was kind of like my my uh, the dude that was like kind of who I used to look up to. Yeah. Played drums. He was in the metal. All that <laughs> shit. Everything you think of. Big I totally big influence. So uh, I don't. He won a a trophy for a fish fry in 1973. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I love fish fry. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I think we trophy? still have that trophy somewhere. It's like this little <laughs> tiny trophy with a cup. It's a little like fryer basket. Cooking, want, cooking the fish fry dude? I guess. I don't know, dude. Fish? No, from cooking the <laughs> fish fry. That's dope. So I was like, dude, I've, I've never done anything. Like, I don't think I could ever win a trophy. Yeah. But then I saw the gold spray can trophy and I was mm-hmm. like, I kind of want that. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I'm going to have to fucking get that. <laughs> I think I want to get that. So we yeah. did, uh, the first word was heal. And um, I, I just, I don't sketch things, right? They gave people time to sketch. I don't sketch things. I just kind of, do? I sit and like, I don't want to say meditate, but I do kind of go within or kind of go into like a, like a, into zone. a zone. And so I was walking second, and with this second. word heal, Right, and yeah. I'm walking, and I'm thinking like, "Okay, I'm gonna let the spirits talk to me and see mm-hmm. what's up," you know. And then I looked on the floor, and there was a big fucking feather. So I picked the feather up, I put it in, <laughs> I put it on my person, and I just start going at it. And I and I, you know, I, I remember that at the time there was like a bunch of oil spills happening, but there was also like some some wars going on, which seems to be the case all the time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did a spell out with like a decapitated uh, crane head and like. It wasn't. I mean, it was just like the the crane was like the owl somehow, and yeah, I don't know. And I won that shit. I got it. I got my truck. I got my first trophy. How did it feel? <laughs> it felt cool, man. I can't, you know, wipe the stupid shit and ingredient off my face. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah it is good. good. Did yeah. your dad ever come around and say, "Man, you've really accomplished something"? You. Vile, I mean, does he even call you vile? <laughs> nah, definitely vile. not that. Hell no. I think one time he said, I think one time he said, that's a nice painting. That's that's about it. My dad is a very stoic, very not very affectionate, very, you know, keep your distance. I'm, I'll keep my distance. Right. And uh, that's, the way, that's the way I grew up with that. And what about your mom? Was she ever like, oh, my God, you know, you did so well, or I love your work? Or Yeah, yeah, she was more Yeah, she was more into it. She was more of the supportive one. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like, you know, she was buying me uh, fucking canvases or anything like that. It right. Was just, she just never wanted me to get busted. Right. And then did you win again at Estria? I thought you, there was. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I won three years in a row, and then they stopped doing them. You just killed it. So you, <laughs> you put them out of business. There was no more graffiti. They were like, we can't afford these gold cans anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just, you know, it's just, uh, I, when I paint, I paint, you know, with intent. I don't, I don't paint to hang out or socialize or drink beers. That's what Mike Tyson used to say. When I fight, I fight with intent. Right. Yeah, when you when you write when you when you do it you do it with intent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't. The- I rarely use uh, you know sketches or anything. Right. Like I'll do a loose sketch 
kind of sometimes to show where it's going to lay. Yeah. But I just grab cans and just paint, just throw it up. Right. And then, so basically you're the Mike Tyson of graffiti. Oh, shit. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> people need to do more things with intent these days, though. I oh, think right? so. A bunch of people operating with no intent. Why are you you're trying to stir the pot? You're trying to get me crazy right now. Man, that bro. shit drives me crazy. No intent at all. Well, I no think the other thing too. I think the other thing too is that people they don't think about long term uh, effects. Oh know? hell no! They do oh. some stupid shit yeah. for ten minutes of Instagram fame, and then yeah. look at after. I mean, I mean, a lot of people. Yes, I, I should. I was about to say something. I'll say it anyways, but sometimes you see some of these chicks, bro, and they're just like, like just spreading them open and just like these crazy shit just to get some likes. And I'm like, God damn, that shit's all over the internet. Like, you can't, everybody's got to see you now. You're well, you know what? You know what? But then I'm, I see people jumping in front of moving cars to get yeah, hit but, just to get a fucking, you know? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Idiots. Like, wait, look. <laughs> man. Idiots. These, this type of attitude. Short-term gain. Inability. You mean imbecility? In, in, what do they call that? Idiocy. Idiocy. There you go. But this type of <laughs> attitude of going for short-term gain or uh, instant gratification, not being able to delay gratification. Mm-hmm. For this thing goes, like, when you read about Socrates, and we're talking like thousands of years ago in Greece, right? He was talking about that. There was already a society already doing that. You don't need the internet. You don't need Instagram. You don't need any of this media shit in order to show that, yeah, there's a lot of people who, who, who can't think through a situation and act on impulse. Okay, so that, that's, that's, a, that's, that's part of a maturation process, I think. You know, my opinion, anyway, is in a human being, whether it's a man, woman, fucking goat, zygote, whatever, the, you... You go through a process. There's a point in which you understand that uh, you're not getting the results you want, right, from what it is that you really said you wanted to do. And there's a point in which you start to be able to look within. This is what the Buddha said. And the Buddha, we're talking like thousands of years ago, the Buddha basically said, like, look, you know, your, your entire life is controlled by the way you think. You can't blame anybody else. If you think like, look how he beat me, da, 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 you have this negative thought, then your life's going to look negative. If you think positive and take personal responsibility, then you're going to be able to do something about your fulfillment, your satisfaction. But in order to do that, there's so many childish, immature impulses that you got to knock down. And you don't even need modern society. Jealousy. You know, whose dick is bigger? Who's got more money? Whose chick is hotter? Who's the most handsome? Who's the strongest? All those things factor He's the strongest. <laughs> yeah, Steve's definitely the strongest. So, <clears throat> so when, when we talk about the imbecile, it might seem more apparent now because you have all that stuff, but I, I think about it and I think, I think one of the first traps, one of the first traps of critical analysis or real thinking, one of the first traps, if we're really going to be real, is to think that this is this is this is a phenomenon that is new or or even worse than it's ever been. I gotta think because even you know what I'll tell you, I fucking read a lot of shit about uh, Indians at the time uh, when the settlers were coming, and you know even at that time there were Indian elders who refused to teach the old way to the younger Indians. 
The mm-hmm. elders, like, think about that for a second. Okay? Like, really fucking put yourself in the mind frame of, like, you're an elder Indian who knows the old ways. And your job is to transmit that to the younger people. Right? And you're watching your world slowly crumble in front of your eyes because of this other civilization that's coming. And you know what? It doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. It's inevitable. You've tried everything. You've, you've said prayers that you believed. It's having no effect. I mean, really think about how psychologically yeah. and powerful that would be, right? But then they had this other generation of Indians. And it wasn't all of them. Well, there was a lot of young Indians that didn't do this. But they had what they termed hang around the fort Indians. Hang around the fort Indians. And the elders wouldn't teach these young people that were hanging around the fort Indians any of the old ways because they were already polluted. They were mm. already given in to impulse. They were hanging around the forts. So they didn't want to waste it? kind of. Well, it, they didn't think that they deserved it. They didn't have the dignity and the self-respect because these Indians were hanging around the very enemy that was crushing their civilization, drinking their liquor, firing their guns, getting involved in all this bullshit, like hanging around the fort. And some of the elders were like, I'm not fucking with those. They're done. I'm not helping. I got those dudes loose. Yeah. And so that would fall into the category, I would think, of the idiocy of what you're saying. Like, how come they didn't think long term? How come they weren't thinking... You know who was thinking long-term? Sitting Bull was thinking long-term. <laughs> Sitting Bull was thinking long-term, and he was trying to figure out a way that we could plant a seed of American Indianness or whatever that is, in people that would be preserved through all the standardized bullshit that commercialism is going to come down upon us with, mm-hmm. right? And, it, 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 and, and there is, actually. And it's not just in American Indians, but it, it's in some white people. It's in, it's in some... Black people, it's like it, it exists. This journey, this the one thing that's one of the few things that's redeeming about America is that no matter which way you slice it, there's an American Indian piece in that identity that won't go away. That's yeah. why you have pioneer dudes that are half kind of like living like Indians. The whole idea of living off the grid and saying "fuck the federal government," I'm gonna live out in the fucking bush and do my own thing. That's Indian. Yeah, that's fucking Indian. Yeah, so. That's when I think about that. I think that and I think like you're right. There is a lot of people that are doing stupid shit for instant likes and might not get them anywhere. But then I have to go back in my mind and say, you know what? There's always those people. I don't know who they are, why they do it. You know, an interesting guy to listen to is Jim Rohn. He's one of these motivational guys. But he goes, you know, I used to try to figure out that. Like, what is that? But he just said, there's always some people that are mockers. There's always some people that are laughers. There's always going to be some people that don't get it. There's always going to be some people that given to impulses because they got low self-esteem whatever and so in that level i think like because we're all gonna we're all using instagram right now we just went instagram live so we all know that there's a place for it right there's a way to use these new tools that don't have to undermine our integrity or our essence or whatever it wow, is wow yeah, you're real good because you I see mean, this guy's post you do it with the post cool shit post with intent that's it <laughs> Post with intent. Post with intent that now that is now that post with intent. I think you should fucking put that up on a wall. That's a that's yeah. a that's an idea that's not as as a go, you know that's an idea that's fresh in the sense of you're marrying I mean, up. Yo, I see people you know at night 
posting drunk girls posting drunk and i'm like holy fuck man you're gonna regret that one in the morning and in the morning the fucking post is gone it's like yeah what what is some of um you know you taught you touched for a second on it you touched on about the craft and your craft and about keeping it um genuine you know and um and kind of maybe that versus what's going on or or how, how how was it that you you felt you know, in a time where graffiti artists, if I were to say that, and I consider a lot of graffiti artists that are my friends artists, I just call them artists, you mm-hmm. know. But if you were to say, I know that, like, there is a surge of graffiti art that's becoming extremely popular in the mainstream right now, um, getting a lot of focus. And how how through this, because I, I watched people like Risk and different artists really do this shit for real, bro. They weren't making any money. They yeah. were fucking working part-time jobs. They're not working it out. And their whole thing was to get out. There I was mean, no or, money. Or risking their lives. Right. And yeah. risking their lives. You know, um, uh, Retina and fucking Zess are like perfect examples of that. Like dudes that were like, you know, on overpasses and hanging off of buildings. Like, <laughs> holy fuck. Right. That was shit that I was so glad that like came after kind of like my time, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I. I would have definitely fallen. I'm, I'm not the most graceful motherfucker, like I said before, you know? But yeah. How do you, what, where is the, where's the sellout point? Where is the integrity and how have, how have you come across those lines? I don't, I don't think, I mean, I think, you know, things can be kind of perceived as sellout, but I think at the end of the day, we, we always go back to, to where we came from, you know? And that's not <coughs> something that like, Unfortunately, you can shake off that easily. You know what I mean? Like that threat is always there, or that that calling is always there to like where you like. Well, I think I could probably just, you know, just go fucking paint under that bridge for you know one night or do something stupid, and and then you know you're back at square one. You know what I mean? Let me ask you a question, it, kind of along the lines that Steve asked, which is. <clears throat> You're a guy that has done a lot of art in a public space. Yeah. Right? You're not a guy that's fucking, you know, you know, like Picasso, like in a room by yourself, fucking up some shit, and then you take it to a museum that's inside a space yeah. and all that other bullshit. You're all I not, mean you're in a public arena. In your decades, tell us what has changed about the American public space from what you see. Oh, more openness to the art. Right? More acceptance of the art. People that are our age are now in 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 marketing, you know. Mm. So they're in control of that. Like they're the ones that there's some of them are heads of corporations now, or head heads of companies that have that money to say like, dude, I grew up with your work. I, I remember you painting back in the day. Like now, I have some money to throw at you to come paint my fucking warehouse or my studios or whatever. Right. Um, and now there's not that negative connotation that there there used to be with gangs, right? So like, yeah. graffiti went hand in hand with like, oh, you're a gang member, oh, you do that gang shit, and you're like, I, you know, <clears throat> that's not where I came from. Like my art pulled me away from that. You know what I mean? So um, for me now, it's just the now I have the the luxury of choosing where I want to put it up. Sometimes you know, yeah. Sometimes you know I like to go on a lot of road trips. But I also like to take the roads that are like not traveled, you know, the like fucking scary abandoned roads. The, 
It's always this with scary like a little, demon shit with, with you. like a little house that is like just dilapidated, just, you know, totally decrepit. And I go into that fucking place and I'll paint something in there. And and that's like my new thing. Like that's the thing, not my new thing, but it's the thing that like kind of regenerates me to saying, okay, now I could go back and paint these fucking Wait a gigs second. of jobs. Wait a second. Wait a second. This is interesting. So you're saying like on a certain level, when you do professional work, mm-hmm. which is still your work, right? It but- gives you the money and, and it gives you the, the ability to take some time off to go and further explore and research right. yourself. Yeah. But then when you take a road trip and you find like an abandoned house or like in a ghost town or some yeah. kind of like whatever, right? For you, it refills you mm-hmm. to do some artwork inside something like that. That isn't seen by a lot, but maybe just the spirits get to enjoy. You know, it's like an offering to that. So that's like your offering. Yeah, that's dope. That's fucking beautiful. Yeah, I like that. Is there? I mean, are you able to tell us, like, hey, you know, if you go down Route Sixty Six, because maybe somebody might want to check one out. Is there, or is that just those are like, just you know, those are things that you know. If if you get guided there, then if, you're in the right if place. You find it. It was a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so you're actually putting real Easter eggs out in the world, and yeah. that's your offering, and you're saying this is for the spirits. It's yeah. not for any recognition. Right. Well, I mean, I'll post it. I love it. But yeah, if you find it, cool. If you don't find it, cool. That's fucking dope. What are some of? Can you share with us some? What are some of the big like when when I've seen a lot of stuff from you, man? And can you share with us some of the bigger jobs that you've done? What are some of the things that, on a professional, maybe a more corporate level or a professional level on a big scale that you've done that you're proud of? Um, you know, it's, Lexus has been really cool. I've been working wow. with Lexus for a while, and they're really cool. And uh, they lately, we just did a like a mini documentary right. where they came to my studio and filmed, and then they shot me like getting into a Lexus and driving a Lexus around. So I drove a Lexus around downtown with like fucking big cameras on it and shit yeah, all night yeah. with the police escort. <laughs> really? They just drove it around and shit, and they got different shots of me. <laughs> this so. guy probably used to run from the police. Now he's got a police <laughs> escort. <laughs> uh, so they've been really cool in just letting me be me. They don't want, even in this last thing that they did, I didn't have to mention them at all. Let me ask you a question. Like, what happens? What's it like working with somebody that's actually from Lexus, and they're like, "Hey, like, is it is it interesting?" Oh, they're they're totally hip. They're hip as fuck. Like they, they are. Oh man, that's they're dope. they're hip as fuck. Yeah. Because like I'm imagining well, some like weird uptight German person. Nah, their marketing company or their marketing their reps are uh, Walton Isaacson. So they're like really cool. And so actually, uh, one of the dudes that grew up painting graffiti, you know, back in in the days is from there now he's an art director there yeah so that's angst is an art director at uh walton isaacson so if you know about old school graffiti or la graffiti angst was a big bomber back in the day and didn't you work on a big project with other people but you did an la city mural that uh they wanted to paint over and then city council voted to preserve it weren't you a part of that it was like a huge painting somewhere downtown la I can't recall that one. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna look that up because I pulled that up and I saw that and you were one, one of the one of the most dangerous and scary places I've ever painted was Gaza. Gaza. What happened? Mm-hmm. Did you get shot at? No, I mean it's just basically being in a war zone with no right. with no weapons. Right. You know, fucking thousands of miles away from. What did you guys paint? Yeah. We went and painted in schools with some of the youth. What did you eat in Gaza? What are they eating over there? What did you eat? 
Uh, same shit, Mediterranean food. Yeah? Is yeah. there hummus better than the hummus here? Or was oh, it yeah, of course. Like- <laughs> yeah. The marketplace, like, the marketplace, you would go into the marketplaces, and they would have, like, you know, like, when you go into, like, swap meets or when you go to farmer's markets? Yeah. But in this case, it was just pickled everything, like, different colors, and they would have, like, uh, curry powders and yeah. all this stuff. Like, shit yeah, looked yeah. artistic, dude. That sounds good. Beautiful. But, huh? you know, the conflict there is very complicated and uh, very... Um, volatile it's 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 scary it's just fucking you hear bombs going off you know there's all kinds of shit happening so yeah i don't you know i i feel for it's it's really it's a really intense place to be for fucking three weeks that i was there right yeah. and then i also read somewhere that you are like a art artist in residence at some place and that you work with kids and uh teaching. yeah i used to be a artist in residence at a at a spot in east la or now in Boyle Hut, it's called South Hub Graphics. Yeah. And yeah, I taught, in general, I've taught um, urban, quote-unquote, urban art mm-hmm. to uh, to youth like throughout Los Angeles for at least uh, 15 years. That's awesome. Can you imagine getting lessons from Vaya? Uh, that would be dope. That would be dope. <sighs> How many countries have you been to? Has this art is taking you, I mean, have you been to, have you been to Japan? You know what? Mm. I have not been to Japan. Okay. I need to go to Japan. But everybody's always like, oh, Japan's too small for you. You're going to be like fucking Godzilla over there. <laughs> That's exactly why you <laughs> was there. That's why yeah. you should go to Japan. I was there. It works for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they could treat oh, you like yeah? a god. Yeah, oh, nice, yeah, bro. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, Spain, Germany, Ireland, the UK. What'd you think uh, of Spain? I like uh, Barcelona better than... Madrid. Madrid. Yeah, yeah, Madrid's kind of like a yeah. big, kind of like anonymous, kind of like big city. Barcelona. Yeah. I, yeah. I like Barcelona. I love yeah. Spain. The Spanish people in Spain, they were super nice. Yeah. They talk fast. Yeah. Yeah. What about, now let me ask you this. Wait, uh, can I take a. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Word. All right. Boom. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, when you come back, we're going to ask you to do a graffiti art of uh, Manscaped, <laughs> our, our, our fucking sponsor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Will we, we show them where the binos at, doggy, yeah. for War Robert? Don't forget to take off your headphones. Oh, shit. <sighs> or have the mic on me, like, naked gun. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> We've done something like that. We have done something like yeah. that. Yeah. Because I didn't have Sean sign off on how everything was. I wanted to make sure that I... And was it all good? Yeah. Yeah, Sean, edit right, right together. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we were recording. What time is it right now? I say we get this wrapped up in the next 10, 15 minutes with him. Okay. I don't think there's a bunch more deeper we can go with this guy. The only thing I want to really know from him is fucking, did he ever take any weird mushrooms? Because he talks about mushrooms and I want to hear about Well, let's hear some drug stories. Yeah, I want to hear about some weird mushroom shit. And then other than that, it was a cool dude to talk to, man. I want it. Oh, I I thought he was going to give us something on like some fucking getting busted and going away for fucking six months because he bombed on the side of the fucking social security building. <laughs> but there was no stories like that. No. What's that, Spidey Rock? <clears throat> very different than cells. You know what I'm saying? Totally. But it's, he's, he's like, he's a very gentle guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but Cell too was in, was totally, like yeah, played right. in a punk rock band, was in the metal, was in the, all, all that shit affected him. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the music and then, I mean, Punk rock into fucking graffiti. Is that a piece he did? Yeah, he did that at the, at the container. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, that's ill, bro. That's crazy, bro. You know, your picture's at the container too, right? Uh, is that the one that you put up? I saw something with yeah. you. So where I'm, so, so, so inside they have a Montana um, spray can store. So yeah. we, we walked in and I see your picture on the wall and I'm like, Where's your picture at? It's up there. It's you up know, in the Montana so, store at the container. It's, I'm so handsome, man. Like, Damn. I should be charging for that, but yeah. I don't. Because Is this our guest over here? Is this one of our guests? <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. yeah. We're trying to figure out, like, uh, maybe how people come down to hang out like, before the show or whatever. Do a little, like, Yeah, or just, you know, have some drinks and do whatever. <laughs> Look, crystal meth right here. She's saying that like the guy not recognizing. Mm -hmm. So this is a this is a video, huh? Yeah. Look at that, dude! Look at, Look at that, bro! Dude, that shit. Do you know what? Let's go down there and you film me like being like, "Hey, wait a second. Hey, what yeah. is that? Did you guys hey. pay me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'll be a thousand dollars, please." What did they get? What is that? I don't know. And how is it so big? They is took it, it from the inside. That's me and you standing there. That's yeah, a that picture of me and you. Back in the day. Yeah. I think that was a picture when you guys were. I think Lecky's in that picture too. I think it's the one with me and you together. Well, we were, I was like flexing. Yeah. It's in, I think it's in the backyard. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's in the backyard. That's from that's from uh, our office in OC. What's up? What's up? Hey, hey now. Dude, that's crazy. And they put the little, like a like a weight or something, yeah. like a barbell. I was like, you look nothing to tell me though. That's funny, bro. I think that's that great. That's right outside the old law office. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. that's, that's great, bro. So I did that. This is so funny. I want to go down there now. Yeah, you got to go down there, bro. Are you kidding me? You got your, I think that's hilarious, bro. Yeah, you, you definitely got to pop in there and just be like, I'll take a picture with the thing and the guy. Yo. Oh, where's my... So, uh, Mr. Reyes, <laughs> Mr. Reyes, Mr. Reyes, vile, <laughs> the demonic painter, oh, Jesus. the wizard. Um, I want to go over a couple of quick things. Um, number one is we've got a um, we got a photo contest show coming up. Uh huh. And Esteban Oriol is going to judge. Oh, sick! Who's the new prince of photography? 
Oh, mm-hmm. So all these hipster motherfuckers and all these novices and all and these Instagram photographers, dilettantes and ingenues, right? They're, gonna, <laughs> they're sending in all their photos to info at hardluckshow.com and then Esteban's going to hand select some and then they're going to come in and they're going to get judged by the great Esteban Oriol as to their composition and all that other kind of stuff. Awesome. You know what would be cool is if we did a, a show where people who thought they could do graffiti send that in and then we could have Vile. Yeah. Hey. Oh, shit. Listen. Yeah, that might be the next concert. Oh, yeah, shit. you know what? You're biting some shit. That actually, I'm looking at that. That looks like something that Risk did back in 1982 yeah. back in Berlin. You know what's funny is that that's, I, I'm kind of like that. Like, I, I do kind of like, you know. You can spot that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> The other thing that we have is uh, um, uh, we also have a, um, a show that we're going to do on the Wonderland murders. We're going to do a deep dive yes, on the we Wonderland are. murders. Wow. Four on the floor. And we're going to do a Zapatista show. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Sub-commander. Are you, do you, what, what's your thought on the Zapatistas? Uh, I mean, they were kind of the influence in me painting the eyes and just starting to paint the eyes. I love that. Yeah. You know I mean? Dude, I want to go to Chiapas, like, man. Hell yeah. I have some friends that have been there that can help you out, man. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. So does Maria. So do. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a hard luck show from fucking Chiapas. I would love that. I mean, I'm part of the team now, right? (laughs) Yeah, you are. Hell yeah, you are. Are you kidding? I would, man. That's probably one of the trips, the top three trips in my life I want to make. Yeah. All right. So let's mark that down. Vile's coming with us. Yeah. Come on. Fuck yeah, dude. Dude, we'll go down there. We'll fucking get weird. Let's just get fucking weird. Go to Chiapas. Don't get too weird because they'll fucking end up shooting your ass. Nah, dude. Listen, when I say weird, I mean off the grid. Those those guys are super revolutionary. Yeah, let's go down there with a generator. Hell yeah. We'll make some shit (laughs) out. Hell yeah. (laughs) We'll bring a bunch of hard luck shirts and a bunch of stuff and leave it all up there with them. Dude, we should, and we should ask somebody down there to design a hard luck show, Chiapas version of the shirt you know what you remember when zach uh you know choreographed that huge drive down remember that where everybody <sighs> followed and drove down and then left cars and left fucking food and like we need to, we should maybe do something like that we should maybe Organize we should do that. like a gofundme where we say like look you put up the funds right we go down there and then we donate whatever resources or money to the people in Chiapas fighting and we'll bring you a show direct from, from the it. fucking heat of the jungle bro we buy a couple of trucks that'll make it down there oh, and we're gonna go it. down there and we're gonna leave the trucks with and, all the goods and we'll fly back and all the Mexican tanks that are like right on the edge we'll have yeah. Vile fucking paint some eyeballs on the fucking Mexican <laughs> tanks what do you think about that Vile? yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I want to say that we're uh, we're broadcasting from the great Mayfair, Mayfair downtown. Mayfair Hotel. Street. We love the Mayfair Hotel. We love it. Where Lepke used to fucking buy. What did Lepke? Sherm. Sherm down here? Yeah, yeah. yeah and now they and Esteban it. Oreo's work is on the 11th floor. Right. Risky. There's a number of artists here. Right. So you need to come check out. Uh, each floor ha- is devoted to a different artist. You know what we need great. to do is fucking. Get, get vial in here? Yeah. Tell Absolutely. them. What, they're missing out. They need a big vial piece in this place. Absolutely. Yeah, Fuck. Yeah, what the, the fuck? fuck? And where's Vile's floor? <laughs> yeah, she give him the lobby. We'll call. The, we'll call the actual. Curation. You give me the fucking basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they see something, bro. The title of the, the show. restroom, something, right? Yeah, the title My of the show something. will be called "What the Fuck," and the it'll fuck. just be vile shit all over the place. Fuck, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, what the fuck took so long? That's right. the end of the show. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and then when the other contest we got is a Manscaped contest where um, listeners. Put in like a, a five star review, take a picture of it, send it to us. We pull it out, and you win like $150 <laughs> with the Manscaped stuff. Bless you. Excuse me. Manscaped 
uh, is a man's grooming uh, equipment machines, da 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 da, but below the below Dude, the belt. Do bro, you, do you shave your balls? Zone. Vile, do you shave your balls? You know what? I'm part native, but I'm got to. <laughs> not too hairy right yeah. no sir dude we exactly. had a guy uh, you here. know what's funny is that i used to you know every now and then like around summer like i used to make this joke at, down at the container yard which is a place uh i curated for a while yeah and i used to say damn need some fucking ball bomb down here ball know? bomb like, what? they bomb make it for, they, they make it now bro yeah, they, yeah all that shit. shit i was joking about they fucking make you it no bat wings no bat wings no bat wings no stick no fruit roll up no fruit roll up <laughs> you know what dude if, 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 if so they do they got ball deodorant they got uh, whatever to keep the bat wings off, to keep uh-huh. you fresh. They got the manscape. They got the trimmer. They got a trimmer that they designed that won't catch a wrinkle and cut a, a cut your balls. Oh, and wow. we had a guy named Schmitty who was uh, Lepke's I mean, but everybody driver. knows you're supposed to squeeze your balls when you shave them. Exactly, I mean, not that bro. I shave them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Are you shaving someone else's balls? You're right? not How squeezing you out the wrinkle, then you're playing with fire, right? Hey, dude, Schmitty said he caught a wrinkle and yeah, he was Well, quick. look at Schmitty. Right. Look who he is. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so listen, listeners of the show, though, uh, if they put in Lucky 20, listen, Vile, Yo. you know, it's really important that artists don't sell out to any kind of commercial anything. Okay, so if you go to <laughs> manscaped.com, Lucky 20, and promo code, you get 20% off uh, the products. And Lucky 20. Lucky 20. Do, f- do it for her. That's yeah. the do it for her. If not for yourself, do it do for, for her. her. Dude, the chances of her doing some crazy shit down there are much higher if you don't have a giant bush. That's yeah. right. And I say do it for her because, you know, if you're doing it for him, you're already you're already ahead of the game of that. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> do it for him. Do it for her. Right. I mean, do it for them. Do it do for them. them. Yeah. Do it for them. I, I think that's where we draw the line, though. Yeah. We're not going any further than her, that's him, it. or that's them. That's it, bro. There's that's nothing it. beyond nothing, that, right? Nothing beyond that. Nothing? Okay. We're not going to oh, go there. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so that's the Manscaped stuff. Listen, it's real important for artists to have integrity. Never sell out. Manscaped.com. Lucky 20. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, also go to Daily Cella. What is this? Can you explain that? We got Daily so Cella things. is like a... And I, I, I'm gonna just call it what it is, man. It's a, it's like a Chicano news feed, and uh, but I say that, and I don't want to exclude anybody. Right. It just has a lot of Chicano news and a lot of news about our gente. Uh, but everybody, go check out uh, dailychella.com at dailychella. Um, it's a great, great site. Just like just really cool and you can catch our show on that side as well right they promote the show you got a lot of people that are supporting so now really shout out to Brandon at Daily Chill I want to know about those hard uh, hard luck t-shirts yeah those hard luck t-shirts man yes those things are fucking legit yo. they are legit they are legit thank you thank you and and $25 $3.50 shipping within the United States hit me up at Chumahan look motherfuckers some of y'all are a little crazy because you're like, I can't find you. There's only one fucking Chumahan on Venmo. At Chumahan Venmo, hit me up. Give me your address. Give me the size of your shirt. And we're going to fucking get it out to you. And all of that's going to buy even bigger, better equipment, equipment. for the yeah. show. It's in larger show. It's to support the show. Yep. And it's also to get Vile down to Chiapas so he can fucking spray paint some tanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I want to know? And I really want to know this. And I, and I want to cut the bullshit right now. Let's just fucking cut the bullshit, Vile. Cut that goddamn bullshit. I want to know, first of all, have you ever done mushrooms? 
medicine? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever done acid? Yes, I have. Okay. We're talking about medicine. Mm-hmm. Are you currently on a microdose? <laughs> I should be, <laughs> but I'm not. No, okay. yeah, I need question. to. I need to uh, look into microdosing. Actually, okay. I got a good friend that microdoses, and he swears by it. Okay. Okay. And See, the thing is, is that the last time I did mushrooms, it's been quite some time, but I feel like they gave me what I needed, right? Mm. What did you need? Like I, I was, I learned whatever that elder in that in that form. Uh, needed to teach me whatever it needed to say to me. I heard it, and I'm I'm good right now where I'm at. I don't feel a need to take them again. Right. I don't like to take. I don't think they should be taken. I don't personally take them recreationally. I take them again with intent sometimes, and uh, it's been a while since I've taken them. Let me ask you a question. Did you have what's the craziest or most intense right trip you ever been on? Describe it because there's a lot of people uh, that are. There's listening. a couple, you know. Yeah. There's there, well, you know, every trip has its like peaks, right? Yeah. Like you get mm-hmm. into that peak, and uh, the best place I ever tripped, the most amazing fucking place I ever tripped, was a place called Polihale in Kauai, where I used to live. I lived in Kauai for like a year. Awesome. And uh, there's a beach out there, and it's called like the gateway to like the other world, right? Mm. That beach, and that shit is like. All the way at the end of uh, the 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 island, you know, like you can't you can't drive around the island. Like that's where the island stops. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the fucking sand is like baby powder. Wow. Yeah, and uh, you could see like you know like it looks like it has glitter in it type shit. Yeah. So I had a friend at the time who was living out there who was the uh, the connect for whatever you wanted, and he told me, "Hey, dude, I have some fucking liquid acid from Oaxaca today." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I said, looks like I'm eating fucking some acid today then. Mm-hmm. Right. So he had it in one of those uh, dr- mouth droppers that ha- for like uh, bad breath, you know, like mm-hmm. the Yeah, yeah Barnaca. Yeah, yeah, no, but it was like a little one that dripped. Yeah. Really? Can't yeah. remember the name of it. And uh, he basically just put it on my fucking palm and I licked it and that was it. Like one liquid, drop, liquid acid. Drops? One, dr- well, big fucking drops. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he went around and got like fucking 25 people on the beach fucking just lift it <laughs> so how long did it take you for the spirit world to grab you was it like 40 minutes you were waiting uh maybe that like 30 minutes and mm-hmm. just everybody was just fucking on a really good one yeah it was really uh, intentionally beautiful um went up and like put chairs like right where the water comes up at the at the uh surf. at the surf yeah Put the put our chairs down, and just sat right there. And every time the water came in, it felt like we were going out into the, like further into the cosmos. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. That's a that's a. If you could ever eat acid and put your chair at the, where the water comes in, that's a. I recommend it. You go to get some acid uh, and go down to Venice Beach and try that, buddy. Hmm? Yeah, I saw uh, I saw a bunch of old school, uh, Hawaiian like warriors locked arm in arm facing the. Uh, Facing the ocean yeah. for like a mile all the way down to as far as I could see. I saw that. I saw, um, I looked into the sky and I was just tripping out on it. And I hadn't been to the city for a while. So all the stars turned into like like city lights. Right, like in a building or something. Right. Yeah. And then, so then I was like, I was looking out over the city. But then I saw like a window open and like some like being or like a dude came out and like plucked a star and then closed his window. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. 
Yeah, and then I saw like the rocks. Like I was kicking it with the rocks because I, I like rocks for some reason. Not co- not crack rocks or anything. Right. <laughs> just boulders. Like I just love like mm. big rocks. And the so rocks I was kicking whole, it with them. Yeah. And they started like shifting a little bit, you know, just kind of like adjusting, kind of like getting more comfortable where they were. Mm-hmm. And so I was noticing that because I didn't think that anybody had ever really stopped to just take that into kind of consideration that these you know everything's living right right Kauai, it's more evident than anywhere right. you get fucking trees that are just like they just change fucking positions on you and you're like Did that should just happen <laughs> that tree just right, like right, right 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 you know so um so i out of the many different fucking times that i took acid or took mushrooms while i was living there there was a lot of uh kind of uh things that stuck with me like realizations you know like i started thinking like maybe like wind doesn't actually exist right that i was thinking like plants are just dancing and the wind is happening but it's not that's not why the trees and the bushes are moving the trees Mm. and the bushes are moving just because they're dancing so i love that Mm. I love that. I feel like that's a true artist mentality. And the rocks were like, I was like, I started laughing and everybody's turned around and looked. They're like, what the fuck are you laughing at? Because everybody else is a little more sober at this point than me. And I was like, yo, like, you think these rocks ever get like lectured? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I said, you know, you don't think there's like some other rock or some elder rock somewhere saying like, yo, is that all you're going to do like with your whole life is just lay out at the beach? Like, don't you want to become a fucking building like your brother in Los Angeles or something? Yeah. I love that. Now yeah, appearing, so that's uh, why, next that's week why. appearing at the knitting factory is vital. Yeah, He's got a whole yeah. set of rocks. Yeah. That's rock why jokes. I lay off the. Uh, I the love that. You ever take a crazy? Uh, do you ever have a crazy acid trip? I only had trip? I only had one acid. I mean, one mushroom trip, and and it wasn't like anything. It was really boring, and like we what? ate way mm. too much. Just oh, over ate too much mushrooms. Yeah. So then it was just like we were stuck. I was just stuck, and nothing Dude. was happening. I had one like that. My homie, he's like, let's eat some acid. And then he just played video games the whole time. So then I went home mm-hmm. and I was stuck in my room and I was like looking at the carpet and it was yeah. like dirty. So I was trying to clean the carpet, almost like I was tweaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that one wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't know. I overdid it. I overshot the mark. The first time that I did acid, I was in India, in Goa. <laughs> Have you seen the video on YouTube of that dude doing acid? No. And he's filming himself talking? No. Oh my god, dude! That shit is hilarious. He's some Indian dude from, from, from India. India. From India. Yeah, I, we, <clears> my, <throat> King Salmon and I went to India mm-hmm. right when we were in our twenties, mm-hmm. and we went to Goa. And in Goa is like it was colonized by the Portuguese, so it's kind of like the Western version of India. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's a lot of Vietnam vets and hippies that mm-hmm. retired there. Okay, I don't know why. Anyway. Somehow, and I can't remember how, we had these motorbikes and we were going through all the jungle roads and all that. But Goa at that time, we're talking probably late 90s, Mm -hmm. Goa at that time had beautiful white sandy beaches and there weren't tons of hotels and resorts and shit like that yet. So we got a hold of some acid in India. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what you have to say. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. not a good idea. Now when I think about it, right, I'm like, but it didn't matter. So we sat there and we had this nice, beautiful, for like pennies on the dollar, like 30 cents a right. day, right? 
fucking beautiful giant hotel room right on the beach. Mm. Like you open up the door and the sand comes right in the fucking mm. thing. So we're sitting there and we take this acid. We've never taken acid before, right? So at least 30 minutes into it, we're like, man, this is some fucking bullshit. Punk acid. Yeah, man. someone fucking just burned us. What the fuck? Mm. So what do you expect? You're in India. What do you know? And then all of a sudden my cousin goes, hey, dude. There's fucking mosquitoes are fucking all over me, dude. And I looked at his arm and I'm like, there's no mosquitoes on you. And then all of a sudden I started feeling it. I looked at the door and I was like, oh, shit. And fucking hit and the door started breathing. (laughs) I'm not kidding. This door started coming in. I'm like, look at the door. Look at the door. And so we looked at the door and it took us probably an hour. We were looking at all kinds of stupid shit inside. It took us an hour to get outside, which is interesting that you were talking about the beach because we went out to the beach. White sand. And I was fucking tripping balls. I mean, and there's no light pollution. We're way out in the jungle and all these stars Fuck. are huge, right? Yeah. And it's like, you don't even need a flashlight because you can see everything. Cause yeah, because like, the sun. Yeah. That, the moon, that's what I was saying. I'm say, I was like sitting there. I go, fuck, man, this moon's so bright. I'm getting fucking moon burned. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we walked down to the beach. And then, so I stood at the surf, like, just like you were saying, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the surf would come in and it was white foam. And they would spell words. And I was looking Sick. at it. And then before I could read it, I could it would almost, go away. It would break up and go away. Oh. And so I just stood there w- watching these messages that were just out of reach coming to me from, from the ocean. Wow. Yeah, it was a fucking heavy trip, dude. And, uh, That's beautiful. Though. It was beautiful. It was great. That, and I, I, you know, I, now I'm a dad and stuff like that. And I, and, I, and I can't do all that. I mean, I could, but I don't. Yeah. But. I think that there is a place in people's lives for um, hallucinogens at some point. I think so. Right? To yeah. reach something beyond in the consciousness, like you said, I the think, elders. I think when, when people get stuck in this like society of like having to just like keep winning that bread and you know, you talk to people sometimes, they're like, yeah, I would do that, but I, I got a daughter, dude, and I, I, I got people's pay. I, and, and they're just like in that place. You're like, this is exactly when you need to do that. Right. This is exactly when you need to take that fucking time off of work. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, and just fucking go and just let yourself go to the universe. Like, and you know, to just eat something and sit and be with yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Medicine. Right. Medicine. But when you say it to some people, they're like, they, they receive it as like, they're like, like you're saying, all right, you need to go take a vacation and go shoot some heroin. And they're like, what? You know, like, they use the term medicine. I think lately, more and more, there's the, What's the what's the what's the what's the one plant that ayahuasca ayahuasca like people are becoming a little more open to this stuff mm-hmm. it's like a, also though some of the some of the some of that medicine has been taken recreationally by some people without the respect it deserves right? oh absolutely like people calling themselves shamans oh and yeah you the fucking DMT you thing. Drop, yeah. yeah you take fucking yeah. yeah I can't even I can't even tell you how many times. I've had people be like, I want you to meet my shaman because I'm an Indian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean meet your it's fucking funny. shaman? I get like, that yeah. shit all the time too. Or, or this one fucking, oh man, the, the, the greatest one is the one I get is that, oh, you don't look Indian. And I'm Fuck like, you. I'm like, oh, what do I look like? And they're like, no, you look more like Indian from India. And I said, oh, that's funny. You know who else thought that? And they're like, <laughs> and they go, who? And I go, Christopher Columbus, you fucking dick. <laughs> Dude, you know what? I, I, my tribe's in Washington. I grew up on a reservation. I live in L.A. And I literally, right. at least once every three months, have somebody be like, how did you migrate down to California? 
I'm like on a fucking plane, you fucking asshole. They want to hear something. Yeah, they want yeah. like I get the. Uh, so where are your where's your family from? <laughs> Where you, no, but like, where's your dad from? I'm like, oh yeah, he's from this little reservation called East LA. You know what I mean, it's like dicks. Like, yeah. come on, or dude, or, or like the weird souls. new age people. Like, I get that too, where they come out and they're like, I want to ask you, like, you know, how can I commune with the fucking universe? And I'm like, what are you? What, what the fuck are you talking to me? Yeah, about? yeah, it's just, it's, it and, just, if it's not there, it's not there. Like, there's no way you're gonna get to it, dude. And that's true. And there's a part of it that you kind of don't talk about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a part of it that's like, and I think what you're saying, Steve, about the recreational thing is true. I think like in even tobacco, right? American Indians are fucking smoking tobacco. It was a different. There was a different thing about it. Oh, the fucking idea that there was weed in peace pipes and that, oh, they smoke peace pipes with weed in it. And that's how they fucking had these, like, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this shit. I can't believe you're fucking saying this to me. Like, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it, it's weird because it's a weird space because you're like, do I come down like a ton of bricks on this fuck face? <laughs> yeah. Or do I just, you know, I got to go on with my day. I can't get stuck here with this fuck face. I mean, because they're, they're going to take it and twist it, and then they're going to turn it and tell you that you're fucking, you know. Why are you angry? Yeah, you're why so angry, you? or why are you fucking, you know. I want to tell them, like, why aren't you angry? Well, yeah. <laughs> like, why are you okay with this? Yeah. Like, and you're not. You're pretending like you are, but you're not. And you know when the housing crisis was happening, right? It was um, it was an interesting thing because a lot of people got houses and stuff, and they took out these mortgages, and the banks let them, uh -huh. and they couldn't afford it. And then all of a sudden, they got their homes taken away, right? They got their land taken away, right? And they were like, "This is fucked up." And I'm like, "Now you know how American Indians feel." Yeah. Right. They made a promise. They made a deal. You signed some paper, and then all of a sudden, they took your shit. Mm. Let's. That now you might actually be closer to an American. You should think about it in yeah, those terms. Yeah, maybe you should go through it in a more physical, <laughs> real, <laughs> daily basis before you try to reach some spiritual level. Right. But it's always that um, culture vulture mentality, right? Of like, mm. they just want to take what they like from it, mm. yeah. but they're not going to take any of that struggle. They're not going to ever feel any of that struggle. Mm. Well, I they're not even going to feel what it's like to be. You know, a person of uh, of a certain complexion mm -hmm. during times where people of certain complexions are being persecuted mm -hmm. around the world. Absolutely. Not to mention just in the U.S. alone, but around the world. You know, so anytime I travel, people are like, oh, you must love traveling. I'm like, it's fucking amazing. But at the same time, there's a heavy load you have to carry with you and you always have to keep your eyes open. You know, the thing that I'm thinking about was... Um I was thinking about how one of the things that I think is important about what you were saying about, you know, taking something and being with yourself and the idea about the recreational aspect of it. And that is right now we have an over-reliance on rationalism or, or reason. And I'm not saying, I'm not against it. I mean, I'm a lawyer. I understand logic very well. But we have an over-reliance on it. And there's an aspect of thinking that you know or have access to all the information about something that is actually kind of a prison. It actually kind of kills, mm -hmm. like, the wonder. 
Yeah. The the ability to contemplate and maybe allow your mind to move in some areas where where it hasn't already been mapped out so that something new can come, something mm-hmm. different can come. And I feel like you represent that in, in, in your artwork in a sense and in your approach. You know, listening to you and I was looking at your work and at the container and all that other kind of stuff and thinking about it. And, and, and I was so excited to be able to talk to you about hallucinogens, actually. I mean, it's like the whole drive over. That's all I thought about because, <laughs> because it did seem to me that you have a, 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 an understanding that that is a place that maybe it's your human birthright to go. Which is to say, mm-hmm. my birthright is to go to the edge of rational consciousness, like, okay, we know this. And also, though, embrace a territory which is the unknown. The unknown about yourself, the unknown about the world. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what MIT says, it doesn't matter what Harvard says. We don't know why we're really here. We don't know where we're going. And there's a, how we got here. You know, there's a lot of institutions. I mean, all institutions basically are based off of uh, you know this uh, learning system that requires a certain type of person to right. succeed. Right. There's no schools that teach or that you can learn from to get a degree based on actions or feels or just visual learning. Right. Right? Yeah. Like we grow up knowing that like some kids are more visual than auditory or, or blah, 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 or, you know, vice versa. Yeah. But there's no schools, there's no places that'll give you credits for being imaginative and innovative and just mm-hmm. that. It has to be on paper and it has to be written down and it has to be given, you know, these tests have to keep coming back and forth to you or, you know, and then you fail. Right. And I wasn't a good student. Like, all I could think about was daydreaming and just fucking doing other things. Right. Uh, my mom is very visual. Like, when we were, when I was young, we would sit on the couch and turn the TV off and just look at the ceiling. And she'd be like, doesn't that look like a woman with, like, a dress? And she's, like, pushing a, a basket. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And doesn't that look like this? And we would just stare at shit and see shit. I love that. Yeah. And so that's where I get that from is, like, her eye, like, her mind just this like you know she comes from a time where like she was poor in albuquerque and they moved to la to like start working my grandfather and stuff like that you know my grandfather was like a coyote spirit in a way like he was a trickster my grandfather was like always making me laugh but always kind of in a way like stoic you know like so like it was like you're like wait did this fucker just trick me right he would take yeah he would he would plant stuff right so he'd take me to his garden (laughs) and he would get an empty snail shell right yeah but before i could realize it he already had it on on him so then with his other hand he would pick up an actual snail right yeah and he would put it to his mouth and he'd go and he'd go "Mm, mm, mm." and then he would crush the empty snail shell in front of me and let it fall. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you're like, damn. For years, I thought he was just sucking fucking snails, snails off the wall, but he I was fucking that. with me. And so yeah. I, I have a lot of that of him in oh, me that's too. Funny, bro. Yeah, like man. That. Yeah, yeah and you know what, dude? When, you, when I read a lot of these early scout like accounts of between the encounters between usually it's settlers that kept like a die. A lot of them have no understanding that the Indians were fucking with them half the time. 
Mm-hmm. They have no idea of that. So they think because Indians are living in nature or living differently. That they're that, dumb. Or, yeah, or that they're like so pure and innocent that there's no guile. There's no distance between. But they, the, the Indians, of course, were always fucking with the mm-hmm. whites and telling them crazy shit. In fact, there's a famous story about an anthropologist in New Guinea. right? This dude, I don't know, from the Sorbonne in France or whatever. And he goes to New Guinea, right? And he's looking because he's already heard this legend of this scary death dance that these weird indigenous people in New Guinea do. So he goes to the New Guinea jungle and he's constantly going around and he's asking all the tribes people, hey, are you guys the ones that do the crazy scary thing with the death dance with the death masks? And they go, oh no, we don't do that. They might be over there. They might be over there. Finally, after like, Three weeks, he finds the tribe, and they go, are you the one that did that? And they go, oh, yeah. And they come out, and they do this crazy dance with these crazy masks and freak the shit out of this guy, right? And so he, like, writes it all down. And then he stays there with them for a week. He finds out that, actually, they never did do that. They just heard that some guy was looking for that. And they just wanted to have him have a good time. So they made the whole fucking thing up. Nice. That's interesting. It is. Well, there's that stuff that is is I, I feel like it's true. Like Geronimo, they said that Geronimo and his people used to shape shift in the rocks and shit like that. Well, it depends on on what you mean by shape shift. Yeah, and the Indians, man, they used to have some cool fucking things that you don't know about. That's lost. Just it, all people of antiquity. I'm not even gonna say Indians. Even I'm gonna say yeah. like even Romans. I'm gonna say Egyptians. Right? Just kind of lost their technology of what they did. Like, for instance, one of the things I read was that uh, Jerome and his people, right, if they wanted to tell what time it was, they wouldn't think about it in terms of, like, a clock necessarily, but they would throw a rock up into the air and see how far they could see it. And they would tell them when dusk was coming or how dark it was or what time it was. Wow. They the rock up. Or they, if they wanted to wake themselves up, they would drink water at a certain time before they went to bed because they knew they'd have to pee. And that would be the way that they woke themselves up. Interesting, man. Simple shit. But, but really... yeah, you know, and, and then the, the shitty part, dude, you know, is like with his deep and his amazing and his, as, you know, as many uh, just wonderful, um, you know, things that natives did and lived and how they lived by. And like now, like all these years later regular society is like starting to like subscribe to it all with all that being said you still have fucking racism in in from mexicans and like they have fucking sayings and like you know yeah like don't be fucking indian like in, yeah. but in spanish you know India. like don't act, yeah it's and not it's, the same as in the united you know my wife her family's from guatemala yeah so when I when she came home and told her mom that she wanted to marry an Indian, her mom was like, "I didn't come to the United States and work so hard so you could marry some Indio." Yeah, and then she had to explain. Well, Indio is yeah, it's it, it, the the term the word Indio itself isn't isn't um, as offensive. It was just they have like you know their sayings that they say, you know, just, right? But that was a different colonization culture. Mm-hmm. So in the, Amer- the in the in the South America and the Mexican and uh, everything that's down there, you had the the Spanish. And they had a smaller force, and they married the nobles of the upper classes of the Indians at that time, and they interbred. And as a result, they have a different view towards the indigenous population. Uh-huh. In, the, in America, strangely, the British, and the, there was a piece of, there's a little piece, be, there was no integration. They were kept apart. 
And when you read these accounts, you start to realize that one of the reasons why Christianity was drilled into the poor white people was because poor white people were realizing, like, why am I an indentured servant? Like, why am I working the field for this fucking asshole? I'm never going to pay off this debt. If I joined the Indians, I could live free, live off the land. I could do whatever I want. And there is some attrition and loss of their labor force in the, in the, in the, in the British colonies. Really? So then what they started doing was saying, like, look, you join them, you're going to hell. Like, really? that's, that's a, that, yeah. absolutely to try to put a firewall between the lost because the Indian way of life was such a contrast to how a lot of the poor whites were living. That's why you get these pioneer guys. So there's a slight difference in the relationship. And so right. you right. have this, right. you, you have a, um, a little piece in America and you don't see it in Canada in the same uh-huh. way at all. You have this little piece in the United States that wants to preserve something, that freedom and that kind of way of life of the American Indian. Of course, it's surrounded by all this other bullshit. And I I think that's what attracts a lot of white people to, you know, to want to be Indian. Right. It's like that freedom, you know, and that like, it's almost like a rebellious move, I guess, maybe that these younger whites are like, you know, doing to their parents, like punk rock doesn't work anymore, so they got to be, well, I want to be Indian now, you know, I'm going to fucking... And I'm of the mind now where I'm like, like maybe it's time. I'm honestly of the mind now, like, wanna, like what is America, right? Like, what is it? We, right now we think of like the 1950s and we think of like what we come to associate this country with. <coughs> but actually, it doesn't have to be that. It yeah. really doesn't. I mean, if you really read the Constitution and you look at it, you see that America is set up to reveal the constructs of everything and it's not that old right this country is not that old so part of the problem is is you have these europeans who are used to this king system this feudal system the descendants of empires right the 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 british are really and the germans are really if, if you go back far enough they're the indians of rome Right. There were tribes that were subdued and then crushed and then assimilated and blah, 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 blah. So they, they inherited all that, right? That's like why I laugh when Europeans criticize Americans about Trumpism and money. And I'm like, where the fuck you think we got that from? We yeah. got it from you. Yeah. Like you guys invented this shit. Yeah. Why are you capping on us? Now you act liberal. You guys invented this shit. Right. But along with all that, you have Chicanos, which is important. You have Indians. And, and Chicanos are Indians, and then you have, you know, Asians, and you have African Americans, and all this other stuff, which is kind of a, a balancing force to this age of empires that we're still trying to throw off that. We're still fighting to throw off that influence. Right. That's I think eternally America eventually will be. I believe this firmly. Will be the most progressive, most fluid country. Uh, in the future but yes there's going to be struggle yeah i hope so i mean we don't really have a choice of where we can go right where this is our land but we can't leave i can't be i can't be deported right i i've seen a documentary (laughs) i've seen a documentary of some white people uh asking for uh for refuge refuge in mexico this white family and they they granted them a political asylum in mexico So that's pretty interesting, and, and to say that I would live out the rest of my life here in the U.S. is uh, I, that remains to be seen to me. Like I, I really kind of feel like I want to just stack 
my money and 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 leave i'm 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 my heart is with opening up american indian identities to everybody mm -hmm. and i get a lot of shit from people because i but i'm i'm done with racial pride to that extent right have I'm, you seen uh there's a play that's going on right now in the cornfield uh in the historic state park in downtown called sweet Sweetland. no dude i saw it friday like two friday nights ago yeah uh it's by a lakota dude yeah um i'm looking up his name right now I can't really say say his name because <laughs> it's like a super native. Just try. Look at it. I'll give it to you. After the quote, sweet land. It's definitely worth seeing. It's definitely a different approach. Kanupa Hanska. Yeah. That's Kanupa. the homie. <laughs> Kanupa Hanska, come on the show. Yo, you guys yeah. should have him. Yeah, you guys should have him. him. I'll put tell him, in him. I'll let him know. Yeah. No, yeah, no. He's dude, he just okay, put out so the what's the name of the what's the name of the play? Sweetland. Sweet and it's Sweet like Land. and it's like about, you know, um colonization. Really? It's uh an opera, so it's like a lot oh. of the shit is is sung out. Okay. They wow. have uh my one of my favorite characters that comes out is fucking uh they have coyotes that come out and they're I just fucking it. constantly like fucking with everybody it's like this That's one chick there's one chick and she just comes up but she's the coyote you know? so she's like <laughs> aggravating people and fucking with people yeah. yeah and then they have uh um what's the name uh how do you fucking what name is that you know in the in in the northwest a lot of the trickster is the the raven the raven yeah the raven is is both like super intelligent like super wise but also super tricky. And also, there's always seems to be this element in people that are tribal, right? That, that level of... Because if you look at Germans, right? They, they have their pagan gods. There's Loki, the trickster. Uh -huh. So in a tribal level, it's interesting. You have, it seems like these figures that are wisdom givers, but are also tricksters or yeah. they mock or they ridicule and i think yeah. that's there because as we were talking earlier steve that i think there's a recognition that you have to on some level realize a lot of uh, human shit is stupid mm -hmm. right. you have to have some respect for the fact that a mm -hmm. lot of human stuff is stupid mm -hmm. and if you can't laugh about it and if you can't right. realize that you're fucked right but man yeah, there's some interesting oh. things. Uh, you know what? Real quick, I just I have to do this. Do it. Do I have it. to give a shout out to my niece, my grandniece, mm -hmm. Amelie. Uh, today is her 13th birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy What's her birthday. name? Amelie. Amelie. Happy birthday. Amelie. Can I get that on live? Let's do that on, uh, on Instagram yeah. live real quick. Yeah, do it right give right. her a shout out. Amelie. Emily, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday! Thirteen. Happy birthday! Yeah, I love it. Let me ask you a question, Val. Give us, give us the lowdown. Where can people find you? What is there? You know, where can people find you? Give us the hookup so people after this show can look into you and find you and see what's going on with you. Really, most active on social media on Instagram at vile one v-y-a-l-o-n-e um and there i'll be making some announcements about the lexus thing that we're doing okay. uh, so you could check that out and see my crazy how how i how i somehow have to kind of like 
make it realistic that I'm actually driving this Lexus or that I actually own a Lexus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's interesting because they did film me and they, they interviewed me in my studio. And they, like I said, they didn't ask me anything about anything to kind of promote them at all. You know what? I got a great idea for like a new, like a Lexus documentary. It's like they get you in a Lexus and then they give you like some liquid acid. <laughs> How good would that be? Yeah, that's good, man. I'm down to that one. <laughs> Hey, so if you guys want to buy any of his artwork, you want to uh, have him do some some work with you, whatever it might be. You want to eat some acid with him? Yeah. Some acid with him. Just want to hang out with we're, the rock We're stars. doing a cruise, an acid cruise <laughs> yeah. up to Kauai. Yeah. We're all going to get oh, out yeah, and start yeah, lecturing You guys got to sign up for that. Lecturing rocks. One. Yeah. Bile one. You know, check hey. him out, man. This guy is just, uh, he's part of Los Angeles culture, for man. Sure, man. Oh, for he's sure. a true artist, man. And just... It was awesome having you on the show, brother. Hey, man. Just, thank you guys, uh, man. I know it's been kind of hectic trying to get on here, but I appreciate you. Like, well worth it, brother. Thank you so much. And, I'm really, and sharing and really fucking humbled us. by this and really appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's awesome to have you here, man. And, and, any listeners that are into animation, if you want to animate uh, Rocks Getting Lectured, yes, I would love, we'd love to put that yeah. up. That would be awesome. Anyone wants to animate that. Yeah, based on based on based on the the, the crazy vision of uh, Vile. There you go. All right, we're gonna say what we usually say right about this time. That's, That's right. adios, amigos from the Hard Luck Show. We're out of here. And the children of the dam. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>